Angela Bowen here, the host of the new Punky Brewster, the reboot. I'm just calling it the reboot, or we can call it the Punky Brewster, the sequel. Of course, the podcast is officially called Punky Brewster, (laughs) Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. How's everyone doing? I know I've been hemming and hawing about getting the pilot episode out of the new show and I do apologize just my current situation I'm not going to go into it because if you're a regular listener you already know all of that stuff so one thing real quick before I get into everything I was listening to the final episode of the punky power podcast the series finale of the original punky brewster which I recorded in 2018 a lot was going on at that point too we had no idea couldn't fathom the idea that we were gonna get this punky brewster sequel show and i just i'm gonna input my thoughts about what i would was thinking at the time about if we got a show what I would want to see happen for the characters. So I'm going to put that part of the dialogue so you can kind of hear, as I listened to it, I knew there were a lot of stuff I got wrong. (laughs) There's maybe a couple things I might have gotten right, but it was just my own curiosity, just what I thought the characters could be into like doing as adults so i'll let you laugh along (laughs) with how wild my theories got that i mean my theories from over two years well actually no almost three years ago so (laughs) here we go I'll just kind of read this post here. Can you imagine punky in high school in the 90s what fashion trends would she adapt Oh, uh, I kind of wonder, would she get, I don't think she'd get into the flannel and the grunge movement. I don't think she'd be into that. Um, what kind of music would she listen to? I put Britney Spears, maybe she'd be into NSYNC. You know, she she loved Barge in season three, so maybe she'd be into the boy bands. Uh, Backstreet Boys. I don't know if she'd be into Alanis Morissette. That's more like angsty teen. Jewel, she might be into Jewel. Spice Girls, definitely. Because how many girl bands were there in the 80s? Uh, The Bangles, that was one of them. Um, Wilson Phillips, wasn't that kind of like a girl band too, I think? Um, Yeah, I can definitely see the girls, Margot Cherry and Punky, rocking out to Wannabe. What about TV shows? Would she be into The Simpsons or Go Gaga over JTT? He was literally all the rage in the mid-90s. I thought he was okay. I was way more into Devin Sawa, who pretty much those were the two main pinup guys of the mid to late 90s. was like, I get a teen magazine. I think my first teen magazine got in like 96. And it was either, it was usually always Devin Sawa on one side, JTT on the other. And luckily that wasn't a big like, oh, who do I put up? Him or him? No, it was always, always Devin. 
Do you think she would become an astronaut or maybe develop other career interests? Well, she kept that astronaut wanting to be an astronaut for at least four seasons now. Which I think in our time would have been the equivalent of at least four years. I think she would have went through with it. I really, really think so. Maybe her fallback probably could have been fashion if she was. But then again, fashion would be more. I could definitely see Margot having her own fashion line or um, something to that degree. Cherry, I think it would have been awesome if she could become an architect. That would have been great. Uh, do I think the girls would remain friends? Honestly, Cherry and Punky, yes. Margot, I think they would have been friends, but they she probably would have... In high school, you go through a lot of changes. The friends you made as kids might not be as close as they once were. You're going into your own circles, your own interests and everything like that. So, I mean, I could see definitely Punky and Cherry, but Margot, mm, not so much. Um, I put, you know, I know they would, although junior high and high school would be a challenge as interests change and you start finding yourself. Do you think she ever sees her mom again? Wow. Um, here's what I envision. I think, <clears throat> let's look into the future. Punky's graduating high school. And Henry just happens to find her mom. Like, her mother's looking for her. Like, I lost my daughter. You, you know how when you, you go in Walmart and everything, you see these, have you seen this child? And you see age progression and everything. Because her mother's not seen her since she was eight years old in 1984. Now it's 1988, so it's been four years. So, of course, Punky's looks could have changed. Um... I think that I would love to have seen that. I really would have loved to have seen, like, hey, Punky's mom just got a rehab. She's a lot stronger now, emotionally and everything. She's like, I want to find my daughter. I want to reconnect with my daughter. And I think for Punky, I think she's established herself with Henry. You know, he's her father now. He adopted her. So... Punky's mother can't come in and say, hey, I want my daughter back. It's like, no, that is, he is her father now, so sorry. But I can see, I can definitely see Punky having some reservations at first, because before it's like, I want to be with my mom. I want to be reunited with my mother. Like, drugs or whatever, she was going on with her be damned. I, I don't care. I want my mom. But now I honestly see her having some reservations as she's finally able to really see her mom and you know, the abandonment issues that she created in Punky. I think that they could have a relationship together. I think it's going to take some time. I'm surprised that Punky was never put into any form of therapy that to help her um, work through her feelings of her abandonment and everything. I would think that that would be, nowadays, probably be a requirement. You're going to foster, in a foster home, you're going to be seeing somebody and talking to someone about how things are going. Uh, let's see where I leave off. 
Can you see Punky readily accepting her mother back into her life, or would she resent her for abandoning her? I already answered that. How about Cherry and Margot? I can see Margot in prep school for her high school years, then move on to, like, Harvard or Yale. Maybe, Princeton. I don't know. Oh, I can see Cherry becoming an architect, buying the old apartment building and the, they lived in and redesigning it. In my mind, Alan comes back to Chicago from Kansas and starts high school, but instead of being goofy, he's more serious, like into science or engineering. When they were building the treehouse, Mike kind of highlighted, like, okay, Alan likes to tinker with stuff, He, you know, with his, his bike and everything and working on that, like, and then helping design the treehouse. So, yeah, um, in my mind, he and Cherry would definitely date. In my mind, they would get married and have kids. Um, so, yeah. Honestly, I've said it before. And I would love for this, maybe not so much be rebooted as something completely different, but bringing the other stars back, even if it's just for like eight or ten episodes. Because right now we got reboots of um, Fuller House, which I absolutely love. And Roseanne was, uh, it was okay. I watched like the first episode or so and it's like, meh. I liked the other show better. When I watched, you know, the earlier seasons and stuff. But, um, yeah. I know, aren't those theories just wackadoo crazy? <laughs> just listening to them again, like, oh my gosh, I was so far off. I couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> Alright, so basically what I'm going to do this time around in the original Punky Power, Punky Brewster podcast, at the end of the episode, I did... Punky's Principles. I'm going to keep that. It's kind of like my own nugget of what I got from the, the episode or maybe advice that I can give based on the episode. Also, Brandon, RIP, has been is basically passing the torch now from the tail wag rating to Brandy, whose name is Brandon, but Brandy for short. So we're going to go for, like, how many tail wags do I give this episode? How many brandy tail wags? So we're going to do that. All right, so I'm going to do IMDb. I'm going to save the reviews from IMDb until the end of the episode. So season one, episode one, pilot, Punky Brewster 2021, dropped February 25th, 2021. Punky, now a single mother, meets a, meets a girl who reminds her of her younger self. Guest characters, Soleil Moonfry, Punky Brewster, Cherry Johnson as Cherry, Quinn Copeland as Izzy, Noah Cottrell as Diego, that is Punky's oldest son. We have Oliver D. Los Santos as Daniel, Punky and Travis's younger son, along, you know, Diego. These are the three kids. Lauren Lindsay, I'm going to mess up her name, Donzes. D-O-N-Z-I-S as Hannah and of course Freddie Prince Jr. who a lot of you who grew up in the 90s who remember the movie I know what you did last summer I still know what you did last summer she's all that Freddie Prince Jr. was all the rage back in the now I did not have him pinned up on my his uh, picture in teen magazines pinned up on my walls no 
Also guesting in this episode, Jonathan McLean as Wallace and Maria Thayer as Gemma. These are the potential adoptee foster foster parents that Cherry has picked out, selected for Izzy. We also have Parker Queenan as Jordan, Hannah's love interest that we will, spoiler alert, not see after this episode. They meet in the elevator, and that's about it. We got Siobhan Hughes as the Uber driver. We have Angel Fajardo as Staffer, Julian Ari as Gary, and Emmy Madding Lee as Teresa. This episode was directed by Jonathan Judge. Writers Steve... Aramagada, I'm sorry, developed by creator. We got also Jim Armogada, and of course, creator of Punky Brewster, David Duclan, also the creator. So props to all of them. And all right, do we got any trivia? We do. The Treehouse was built in Season 2, Episode 2 of the original series, Punky's Treehouse, which aired on September 22, 1985. Any other? That's it for trivia as far as goofs. When Izzy meets her foster parents, Punky's hair is up in a half-up, half-down style. When Punky realizes Izzy climbed out the window, bedroom window, she runs to the kitchen to ask the boys if they'd seen Izzy, and all her hair is down. In the next scene... Punky finds Izzy in her old treehouse, and her hair is back up in the half-up, half-down style. And also, if you are new to the Punky Power podcast, all the episodes I've covered from season one to through four, season four, are all up on iTunes to listen to, SoundCloud, all of that. Also, if you have Peacock, you can see the new Punky Brewster show as well as the original show. So you can go back, watch Punky Brewster OG, and then watch the new one, or vice versa. If you've already watched the new Punky Brewster, you can go back and see how it all began. Yeah. If you'd like to email the podcast, I would love to hear from you. You can send an email to e. I guess I cannot talk. <laughs> PunkyPowerPBPodcast at gmail.com. I will leave the email address in the episode description on SoundCloud. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to support the podcast, I don't ask for pay, uh, money for Patreon because I don't do that. All I ask is your support in going to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave a review. All five-star reviews help the podcast get noticed by Punky Brewster OG fans and new Punky Brewster sequel show fans. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump into this episode. I am so excited. I have now watched the pilot since it dropped. What's it been? Over two months, two and a half months ago. I've watched it three times. Twice in one day, you know, once in the morning for myself because I got up at like 6.30 in the morning to watch it. And then, of course, I played it for Jeremy's benefit once he got home from work. And then, of course, it was on the E! channel here at the hotel shortly after we uh, moved in here, which we still are here over two months later. Work in progress, everybody. All right, let's jump into this episode. All right, so the episode opens in the living room, and we 
Hear the applause as Soleil Moonfry, reprising her role as Punky Brewster, comes out into the living room, and we do see a picture of Henry on the wall. And Punky says, good morning, Henry. Isn't it a beautiful day? And then she yells over her shoulder, hey, kids, move your butts. No, we never would have heard that from Henry. (laughs) So one thing I definitely missed on my first time viewing, or even my third time viewing, until I saw the Easter eggs video on YouTube for the new Punky Brewster, I missed seeing on that table underneath Henry's picture, we do see his hat that he's famous for wearing and his pipe. So Punky, of course, is talking to Henry's picture. She's like, oh, Henry, working full time and raising three kids on my own. I don't know how you did it. And we just see this beautiful picture of Henry Warnemont, played by George Gaines, holding his old fashioned camera and smiling. Right next to Henry's picture, we do see a picture of Punky and her ex-husband Travis and their three kids on the couch together. And I love how she looks over her shoulder at Henry's picture and is like, stop gloating. You only had one. And here comes the oldest Brewster child, Hannah. And Hannah comes out and she's like, Mom, are you okay? And Punky says, yeah, why? <laughs> and Hannah says, well, you're talking to a picture of Grandpa for one. And that just melts my heart, just hearing her refer to Henry as Grandpa. Because I don't know if Henry might have passed away before he actually got to meet his first grandchild. I'm not sure. Because we do find out in later episodes, Henry was still alive when Punky was dating Travis in high school. So I don't know whether, you know, maybe he was there when they got married. You know, maybe he walked her down the aisle. I don't know. I'd like to, I'd like to hope in my mind that Henry was still alive and able to walk his daughter down the aisle. And Punky says, well, to, you know, Henry's credit, you know, he's a good listener. And I love Hannah's raised eyebrow. And Punky says, all right, I'm in a funk. I'm a funky Punky. And I love what Punky is wearing. She's got the jean overalls. She's got the red bandana around through the loopholes around the waist. This is like new age the punky brewster this is like new millennia punky brewster so and hannah admits you know you can talk to me i'm here i'm a good listener so she sits down on the couch next to punky and asks punky if well ask her mom like are you still sad about the divorce because punky and travis recently separated we do learn that travis is a musician he's always traveling all the time with his band and he doesn't really get around to seeing the kids very often. Or he only comes around when he needs to do his laundry. So Punky says, you know, it was for the best. Your dad and I separating. You know, I put, you know, we were together for a long time. And I just put so much of myself into, you know, your dad and I that I kind of lost myself along the way. That's the kind of thing I can kind of see that we're... You're one person before you become a parent, and then when you take on that role of a parent, you are kind of another person. That person you were before you became a parent is 
it's not the same thing. I wouldn't know personally, but I can imagine. It's like you let go kind of of that former life as you take on a new identity. And really all your kid is going to know you as is is mom or, you know, or or dad. They're not going to know your who you were prior to that. Unless you're telling them stories about your your youth or showing them pictures of, you know, back in your heyday. So yeah, Punky is kind of turning over a new leaf here. She says, it's time to start a new chapter. I need to focus on me and my needs. That's when she says, I kind of lost myself along the way. And Hannah's like, mom, you're right here. It's like, sweetie, that's not what she means. <laughs> but then again, Hannah's like 14. She wouldn't understand that. Well, 14, 15. So Hannah thinks that Punky is referring to you know what. Because <laughs> she's like, if that's what you're talking about, then I'm out of here. And Punky's like, well, no, we're not talking about you know what. But if you want to talk about you know what, it's like, you know, Punky's door is always open. Her ears are always open. Like, hey, you want to have a session here? We can. It's like, you know, kid wants to talk about the birds and the bees with their mom and dad. Or the facts of life or any of that stuff. So Punky is a mom of three. She's got a full plate. She says, I got to get going. I got to get Diego to hockey practice, Daniel to his piano lessons, and what else? And here we have their roof, roof, barking. And we see Brandy, who's actually a male dog, I think, come out of the doghouse and, and bark. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. I got to walk Brandy. No, no, wait a minute. No, I think Brandy is a... Oh my god, I've seen this three times. Now this is the fourth time, and why? Mm. My goodness. If I am wrong, I am going to be so angry with myself. So, Punky opens the door, and Brandy's already to go. He's got the leash in mouth, ready to go. And it's like, yeah, we can good, good talk. And, <laughs> of course, as Punky starts to slip out the door, Hannah's like, Mom, you're wearing two different kinds of shoes. Punky looks down and says, oh, yeah, well, haven't done that in a while. So the kids do not know OG Punky. They don't know that she wore bandanas around her knee or her on her jeans or that she wore different colored shoes or she wore different colored vests, stuff like that. So Punky leaves and Hannah turns around and looks at Henry's picture on the wall and says, I don't know how you did it, Grandpa. Raising mom isn't easy.
Yes, I double checked. <laughs> Brandy is definitely a male dog. Brandy is a heat. Because he's got boy parts. So there you go. So we come out of the intro. Now we're in the kitchen. Kitchen looks gorgeous, by the way. Oh my god. And it's it's so much more open and bigger than what the kitchen was in the original Punky Brewster. Just and the original was just it was cramped. There was a lot of stuff all over the place. And it just I just, oh, it just looks so good, you know, and, and Punky just put her own, you know, personal touch to it. And Hannah is setting up a dating profile for Punky and just saying, newly single, professional photographer, used to be fun. And Punky is like, I, I'm still fun-ish, kind of. <laughs> uh, and she even says, I'm not ready to date yet. Your father and I just separated. Like, girl, why are you getting your mom back on that bandwagon? And apparently Travis is dating a 27-year-old. Like, okay. Well, girls, the ones that are really into musicians. I mean, if I could date a musician, I mean, if I weren't married and I were, okay, if I were in high school, the kind of musician I would date violinist or a pianist pianist so punky agrees to take a selfie and she's doing like the duck lips or whatever and hannah's like no that looks too thirsty and punky just you know takes you know has her take one with her you know nice smile and of course punky's like well aren't kids supposed to be scarred by their parents dating again and hannah says mom it's 2021 it's so funny watching those older shows of like, hey, it's the 80s. Hey, relax. It's the 90s. <laughs> what the heck did we say in the early odds? Hey, it's the early odds. Hey, it's the early zeros. Hey, it's the it's the teens again or something. <laughs> how do you represent, after 2000, how are you represent, I've heard odds. I've heard zero to 10 or zero to nine or whatever is how that's referred and then i've heard like the teens i don't know how do you how do you i don't know moving on so hannah says you know women don't need permission to live their lives we can be who we want do what we want and dress how we want and punky gets it right away like no you're not getting a halter top you're not getting a mini skirt Crop top, yes. Okay, not a miniskirt. Crop top. <laughs> and Hannah's all like, ah, but it's 2021! Like, good for it. Come on, girls. We don't need to be wearing no crop tops. Teenage girls do not need to be wearing no crop tops. So I'm guessing that's Hannah's phone? Because all of a sudden it dings and someone jumped on Plunky's profile. And she shows her, oh, looks like you got a hit. 
And Punky's like, I'm not ready to date again. I want to do some soul searching. And Hannah turns the picture around and Punky looks at her and like, a fireman? Holy macanoli. <clears throat> now this is a weird, well, Punky's an adult. But the context that she's using it, like, oh, wow, baby, baby. Whereas more she was like, holy macanoli, which as a kid, it's more like, surprise or i mean i guess this could be in the similar context but more as an adult like mm, yeah i like that you know i don't know how i feel like having that holy macanoli put out in that way in this new punky brewster and it makes me think of when dj like oh my lamp you know kind of like that so <laughs> is this tinder <laughs> what is what is hannah going what site is she going on because hannah's like swipe right swipe right Maybe that applies to more than just, t I've never been on Tinder. I don't ever want to be on Tinder. But isn't that where the term swipe right came from with Tinder? So, Punky decided, you know, maybe I am ready to start dating again. If you talk to that boy you're crushing on, Jordan. And Hannah's like, Mom, it's just Jordan. Okay. <laughs> and Hannah is like, Mom. This is different, okay? You're old. You're running out of time. Oh, for heaven's sake. I mean, yeah, Punky's, like, close to 40. <laughs> you single, professional photographer. You skinny fun. You're still fun. Ish. I'm not ready to date again. Your father and I just broke up. Dad's dating a 27-year-old. <laughs> oh, jeez. Diego and Daniel come in. Daniel's complaining like, Mom, I'm sick of living with this slob. I always have to clean up our room. I'm sick of living with him. <laughs> now, I actually had to share a room with my cousin for a year and a half when I lived with my aunt and uncle when I was seven all the way up until I was almost nine. I was the messy one. I was the one who was shoving my clothes under my bed instead of putting them away in a dresser or just shoving whatever toys underneath the bed and calling that clean because that's what I do. I am still the messy one as a married adult, by the way. I mean, Jeremy's not spick and span either. I mean, there are times I'll like, well, I should start getting stuff packed up or put away. Or See, that's what I do. I'm like, oh, well, this stuff doesn't need to be here. So I can just, you know, I'll pack it up and I, I take it over to our storage unit where some of our stuff is right now. And Diego complains, yeah, and I always have to mess it up. It's like living with Marie Kondo. And I'm not sure. I, I don't know who that is, so I looked it up. Oh, she's only two years younger than I am. Interesting. So she is, oh, she's <coughs> written four books on organizing. 
which have collectively collectively sold millions of copies. Okay, awesome, awesome. Background. Apparently she has been organizing, been interested in organizing since childhood. Okay, Suri Knowledge on Marie Kondo is a Japanese organizing consultant, author, and TV show host. Oh, really? She's got a TV show? Let me look that up. Marie Kondo. See, the more you know, that's what I always say. Tidying up with Marie Kondo. The show was on in 2019. It had eight episodes so it's no longer on but apparently you can watch oh you can watch it on netflix interesting daniel turns to his mom and asks mom are you sure we're related so they punky and travis adopted diego when he was two and then they got daniel they adopted daniel when daniel was a baby so yeah Punky looks at Diego and she's like, oh, are you, or not Diego, I'm sorry, Daniel. And she's like, oh, are you wearing eyeliner? And he's like, yeah, I'm trying it out. And she's like, oh, I like it. It makes your eyes pop. That's what I've heard about eyeliner is lining the eyes really makes your eyes stand out, like pop, like really stand out. But isn't that what eyeliner is supposed to do? It's supposed to make your eyes like more presentable or, or like stand out more, give them more attention. Daniel says to Hannah, hey, are you seeing this? We see Diego chugging from a jug of orange juice. And then it cuts to Punky also doing the same thing. Well, there you go. You see where kids learn their ha some habits from their parents. And Daniel's like, mom. And she takes one the mouthful of OJ that's in her mouth and spits it into a glass. Like, is that better? <laughs> So the doorbell rings and Daniel goes to get it. And of course, here's Cherry. And she's like, hi, Daniel. How's everything going? And he says, I'm living with animals, Aunt Cherry. Oh, by the way, don't drink the OJ. Oh, God, that's right. <laughs> Two people's backwashes that jug of OJ. Oh, God. I love how when Cherry passes the living room into the kitchen, she says, good morning, Henry. Aw. So much love for the picture of Henry and Henry's memory. The so cherry comes into the kitchen and she says, oh, I figure you needed a hug. And of course she opens her arms and Punky goes right into them. And Punky's like, I'm fine. You can stop hugging now. And Cherry pulls away and she's like, oh, no, it's just, just a little more. <laughs> I love how these two have been there for each other since day one. And Punky asks, how do you always know? And Cherry says, we've been best friends since we were seven. And you texted me at 3 a.m. saying you needed a hug and a box of wine. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Punky says, yeah, I've had a tough day. I watched The Notebook three times. And Cherry just looks at Punky and says, 
Girl, you need a date. And he'll love how Hannah says, thank you. <laughs> Didn't I say that? So, since Punky is a professional photographer, yes, she did follow in Henry's footsteps. Even though in the show, when he brought that up at least twice, even in the series finale, she did stick to, I want to be a you know, an astronaut. I really hope we kind of delve into that in season one or two, maybe. Just kind of like, did she ever go to space camp? Well, actually, it was at the end of season two. Because in her room, I remember there was a Cabbage Patch doll that was dressed up like a, in a spacesuit, like an astronaut. So Punky, since Punky is professional photographer, and Sherry, we learn, is running Fenster Hall. And she wants Punky to stop by, take pictures of the kids, so we can put them on the foster care website. Since everything is done online nowadays. And this is where we get the first mention of Izzy. Now, we don't get her mentioned by name, but Cherry does say there's a new girl there that is so cute, but such a pain in the butt. You know, she reminds me of you. <laughs> I love Punky. It's like, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I love it because they're all hanging around the uh, kind of like table, kitchen table, uh, well, kitchen island in a way. And Hannah's like, hey, guys, what was the 80s like? So now we're at Fenster Hall and Punky is taking pictures for the Fenster Hall website. She's taking pictures of three kids that are on a couch while Cherry is going through Punky's phone on that dating app that Hannah set up and kind of swiping like, no, no, oh, this one's cute, no. And she's telling Punky, you need to get back out there. And Punky tells her, you know, I'm not ready. I need to do some personal grooming, you know, mani-pedi, all that stuff. And also tending to her, as she, Punky puts at her magical garden, which we all, ladies all know what that means. So, well, Punky also says she needs to get into shape. Girl, you look fine. You look 100%. You look absolutely perfect, Punky. Oh, she says personal garden, not magic garden. What's wrong with me? Cherry says, well, I already swiped right, so get out the gardening shears. And Punky tells her, well, I'll just shave my legs and put on a Cubs cap. <laughs> oh, we get reference to that Cubs cap much later in season one. 
the one that Henry got her when they in season one of the OG Punky Brewster when they went to see the Cubs, Chicago Cubs in the World going towards the World Series, or they make the playoffs to the World Series. So Punky kind of glances around. I'm gonna call this like the um. The waiting room area, the commons room area, this is where everyone gathers, basically where the front door is you come into. It's like a living room setting. And Punky looks around like, ah, oh, this place brings back memories. And I'm thinking, well, it definitely did not look like that in 1984, I'm telling you. Looked more like a, yeah, that's right, Fenster Hall looked more like a, like a, a school setting with their linoleum hallways and dormitory looking bedrooms definitely fencer hall did need a, it got a heck of a facelift between the 80s and 2021 it looks really really good and cherry tells her like hey rem i want to introduce you to the girl i was telling you about because she you know reminds me a lot of like you she and this other worker comes up and tells cherry izzy's gone again and Cherry tells Punky, yeah, she's also an escape artist, just like you were. So while Cherry and her co-worker are looking for Izzy, Punky sits back on the couch, and all of a sudden, the couch cushion next to her pops up. And we meet a little girl with brown hair, and she's got, like... The ends of her hair are kind of dyed like a Kool-Aid blue color. It's really cute. And she's wearing like a dark gray stocking cap. I mean, that's my dad had like an orange, stock, bright orange stocking cap. I remember, you know, growing up, he had that whenever he'd go out. Especially around like November, December, when deer hunting season would start up. It's like, you always, if you're going to go out, wear something that has or bright orange on it. Yeah, Izzy pops her head up, and she looks at Punky and asks, is the coast clear? And she pops out of the bottom of the couch. <laughs> that couch does look comfy, by the way. It really, really does. And Punky, you know, side-eyes Izzy, like, yeah, just like me. Like, oh, you must be Izzy. And Izzy immediately thinks Punky's going to narc on her. Like, oh, man, are you going to turn me in? And Punky says, no, I'm just here to take pictures for the web for the Fenster Hall website. I almost called it Foster. <laughs> Izzy informs Punky, like, that's great because I'm busting out of here. And Punky, of course, informs Izzy, hey, I hold a record for busting out of here. <laughs> We know at least of a couple times from season one and season two when Punky had busted out of Fenster Hall. Actually, no, wait, there's three times. The first time, didn't she get, she got out through the window, I remember that. Then the second time, I'm trying to think. Well, maybe it was only two times, because yeah, in season two when Henry's in the hospital... Punky and Margot switch places so she can visit Henry in the hospital. I remember. Okay, so maybe it's only been two. I thought it was three. Yeah, and it looks like Izzy... I 
know if you would call this like a army surplus jacket. Kind of like if you remember in Full House Season 7 with Gia, who later becomes Stephanie Tanner's friend, is wearing an army. Is it an army surplus jacket? I don't know. But this one, it looks like the same like olive green color. And of course, Izzy says, I'm out of here. See ya. And Punky's like, well, wait a minute. Want me to take your picture? And Izzy has been through this before. When she's like, oh, I get it. Yeah, you want to take my picture. Make me look all cute and cuddly. Newsflash. I'm not a puppy. It, it, it seems like, honestly, I mean, Izzy is used to this. Where she's getting, you know, set up to, let's take your picture. Put it on the website. Maybe someone will stumble across it and... See how adorable looking you are and want to come in and, and, you know, take you into their home and everything like that. So, she's, this girl's been through the ringer. So, I can see where she definitely isn't trusting of anybody, regardless of whether they're as sweet as Punky is holding a camera. Like, yeah, you're being nice to me, but I don't know you and I don't trust you. Oh, yeah, Izzy brings up, oh, like, you want me to smile and look cute? And uh, Punky says, no, I don't want you to smile. Everybody does that. Smiling's boring. Like, yeah, it's like, just be natural. You know, be yourself. But Punky has Izzy do some adorable poses. Well, maybe. I mean, she looks adorable. She's just cute. She's like, okay, act real tough. Stomp your foot. Then she kind of has her, like, act like, what is it, like a diva or something like that? And, like, do, like, a pouty face for the camera. Or... Terms that they use today. Oh, she says, give me Beyonce Girl Squad Diva. I don't know what that, I know who Beyonce is, but I don't know what Girl Squad Diva is. And she even says, like, look mean, stick out your tongue, stomp your feet. It's just... Aww. But I mean, even though the, Izzy tries to look mean, it's like she can't because she's just so adorable. And also, it looks like Izzy's got pretty much everything she owns in that backpack that she's carrying on her shoulders. And that makes me think of when Punky first arrived to Henry's. Actually, now that I think about it, yeah, I remember because when she came back from Fenster Hall, she had this tote this tote bag that she emptied it out on the coffee table. There's like all this stuff when before, when she had it, it's like, it looked like there's next to nothing in there. But <laughs> Izzy, of course, it looks like her, her walls are still up, but they're slowly like starting to lower almost like you would with a, a went automatic window. Like you're lowering a little, little, you can a little nervous like go oh, up. The window goes back up again. And she asks, Izzy asks, Punky, well, where did you learn to become a photographer? And Punky tells her, well, a nice, sweet old man named Henry took me under his wing. He saw potential in me when no one else did. Which, yeah, I mean, that's all it took is, like, Henry and Punky, they both changed each other's lives for the better. I mean, think about it. If Punky hadn't come along, Henry still would have been that old, you know, curmudgeon, grouchy guy with expired juice and expired milk in his fridge. I mean, sure, he had his job, but other than that, he really didn't do a whole lot. And his life was pretty much just 
day-to-day, same old, same old. I mean, with Punky, he, she brought life into this older man and just, oh. And I think, I like that with Izzy is kind of doing that with Punky, even though Punky's, you know, she's in her 30s, she's got her, her three kids and stuff, and yeah, they keep her going, but Izzy is who reminds Punky who she used to be. Because even if she, you know, when she was talking to Hannah, it's like, I lost myself along the way. You know, I got married. I, you know, had kids and everything like that. And, you know, Izzy here is here to help remind Punky about who she used to be. Taking chances, taking risks, not always being on the straight and narrow. Let yourself be a little impulsive once in a while. So Izzy says, you know, I wish I could be a photographer. And Punky says, you can. You can be anything you want to be. And <laughs> Izzy looks at her and says, I don't have a camera. And I love what Punky says. She's like, you don't need a camera. She says, your eyes are your camera and your brain is your memory card. I love that. I love that. They just... Oh, it just works so well. And this is something that it's going to come back later on in this episode in such a sweet, sweet moment. He says, you can take a picture of anything you want and store it right up here, as Punky uh, points to uh, her head. And she looks at Izzy and says, click, see? I just took a picture of you. For a second there, when Punky says, you try, it almost looks like Izzy is kind of rolling her eyes like, okay, I'll play along. And she's like, I'm taking a selfie. And she kind of looks upward. Click. <laughs> of course, here come Cherry and her male employee. Like, oh, there you are. I'm thinking, how big is Fenster Hall? Just out of curiosity, because we only see that particular area. I know that later on we see, like, what looks like almost like a... a gymnasium slash auditorium type of place where a... Not, I don't know if you call it a, a rummage sale, a garage sale, something takes place in another episode that I think is still part of Fenster Hall. So Izzy, upon seeing Cherry, and I don't know what the guy's name is, the uh, the male co-worker, because he kind of whisks Izzy away, and before that she's like, oh man, I should have bolted when I have the chance. It's almost like she looks at Punky like, hey, not like, oh, you set me up or something, like, ugh. But Cherry, of course, saw a qu that quick little interaction between Punky and Izzy. It's like, yeah, you know, I knew you two would hit it off so well. Punky is on to Cherry. She's like, I, I am on to you. I know what you're trying to do here. You think I will fall madly in love with this kid and take her home and foster her. But, yeah, I mean, Punky, she said, I already have three kids at home that my eldest daughter is helping watch over her two younger brothers and but I mean she can't not look at Izzy and he's like yeah I used to be that kid I really could yeah it's like that first impression of Izzy I mean how can't you like hey I'll help you out kid and Izzy didn't even really indulge anything about any of her life like Punky doesn't even know anything other than this girl's at Fenster Hall. She knows nothing about her. She'll learn more about her situation and just how similar it is to Punky's own abandonment situation. So, 
Cherry's like, look, can you please just keep Izzy for a couple days? I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Why can't she just stay at Fenster? Because the reason she's Cherry's asking Punky to keep Izzy for a couple days is because Cherry's got this awesome family in mind for Izzy. She just has to get the couple approved. Oh, when we get to this, um, and fam by family, I mean a husband and wife. But, oh my god, when I get to that, uh, that that irritated me to no end. And it really made me really question Cherry as, uh, you know, pairing up a foster kid with parents. I mean, how people, a couple looks, or, you know, how they're dressed and everything. And how, I mean, their outlook for their plan of what they had for Izzy is just like, okay, you are not a good fit. I don't like this. But I'm going to table that because I'm going to wait until we get to that scene. And then I'm just going to put the pedal to the metal with that and just go and just rant and just Because, oh, my God. But let's table that. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, now we know why Cherry does not feels it's not a good idea just to have Izzy stay there until she gets those possible foster parents approved. She says, if Izzy stays here, she's going to run. Well, we already almost witnessed that happening. So maybe that's, but, but then again, it's like, what's to say that Izzy isn't going to take the chance to get to Punky's and take off then? We do see she kind of does. So either situation, you put that kid in, she is, she's zoop. Bye! Out the door. And Punky tells Cherry, look, I can't take on any more responsibility. I'm barely holding it together as, as it is. In fact, I'm wearing a bathing suit as underwear right now. So that's just how much, like, Punky is just not getting her laundry done. Because <laughs> she's, she's got so much stuff going on with her photography business, with the kids... Which it seems like she really delegates a lot of that responsibility onto Hannah, who's, what, 15? Which is, is sad. I mean, we're going to see that from Hannah's point of view. She is going to voice her opinion. It's like, I don't even really get to have a real life. I'm, when I'm, I'm at school, then I'm home, I'm watching my brothers. And she just feels like, well, when am I going to be able to be a kid? Because I feel like... I've reached adulthood already by taking on the responsibility of, you know, and even Hannah's like, well, I'm not just parenting my younger brothers. I'm also parenting my mom. So yeah, Punky looks over at Izzy and I don't know, Izzy's like drawing a picture or something. And she just had this sad look on her face and she kind of does this little wave to Punky. And the male employee of Fenster Hall is, like, sitting there just watching Izzy, almost like he's on guard duty. Like, I'm, like, five feet in front of you, so if you try to run, I'm gonna get ya. Oh, my goodness. Nope. Nope. God, no. Ooh. You should go out with this one. I'm not ready. I need time to get into shape, get a mani-pedi, tend to my personal garden. Well... I've already swiped right, so get out the gardening shears. Fine, I'll just shave my legs and put on a cub's cap. Uh, this place brings back good memories. Like the day I got out. Speaking of, I want to introduce you to that little girl I was telling you about. Izzy's gone again. Oh, she's an escape artist just like you. 
Is the coast clear? You must be Izzy. Oh, man, are you going to turn me in? No, I'm just here to take pictures. Good, because I'm busting out of here. I'm punky. I hold the record for busting out of this place. Well, it's nice to meet you, but I'm about to break your record. Oh, can I take a picture before you go? I get it. You want me to smile and look cute and cuddly so somebody adopts me? Not happening. I'm not a puppy. I don't want you to smile. Everybody smiles. That's boring. Look mean. Stomp your feet. Stick out your tongue. Give me Beyonce Girl Squad Diva. Oops. Got you smiling. How did you become a photographer? A nice man named Henry took me under his wing. He saw potential in me that nobody else did. I wish I could be a photographer. You can be anything you want to be. I don't have a camera. Sure you do. Your eyes are your camera and your brain is your memory card. You can take a mental picture of anything you want and store it right up here. Click. See, I just took a picture of you. You try. I'm taking a selfie. <laughs> Click. There you are. Man, I should have gulped it when I had the chance. Come on, Izzy. Let's go. You two seem to be getting along. Oh, I am on to you. You thought I would fall in love with Izzy and wouldn't be able to resist fostering her. Can you just keep her for a couple days? I have a terrific family that is interested in fostering her. I just need to get them approved. And if she stays here, Punky, she's going to run. I'm sorry. I can't take on any more responsibility. I'm barely keeping it together. I'm wearing a bathing suit as underwear right now. So after seeing Izzy and Punky's first interaction together, let's take a look back at Henry and Punky's initial, initial uh, introduction. Who are you? I'm Punky Booster. And who are you? I'm the manager of this building, Henry Wanimont. Nice to meet you, Hank. I am not a Hank. I am a Henry. <laughs> what are you doing here? My husband and I are looking for a partner. <laughs> okay, cut the charade. Stop! It's only fair to warn you that this is an attack dog. If you get near me, he'll chew you to pieces. <laughs> Give me a break. That dog couldn't chew soup. <laughs> now let's get back to you. Did you run away from home? Don't clam up on me, young lady. Answer the question. You'll never make me say anything I don't want to, even if you shove my head in knock and make me eat lime of beans. <laughs> You hungry? Depends. On what? Why asking? I'm just asking. How come? I'm curious. How come? Because I am. How come? Sick <laughs> My little baby Brandon. Look, I'm going to fix myself some dinner. You can join me if you want to.
gotta trust somebody sometime. So now we get back to the apartment, and Punky has to have a quote unquote family meeting with her three kids about Punky bringing Izzy to stay with them for a couple days. And of course, the kids are not about it. None of them. Daniel says the last time we had a family meeting was to tell us that you and dad were getting a divorce or separating. And Diego sits down. And it's really funny that he does this because this is going to become a thing that Daniel does later in season one. Diego sits down, takes a pillow from the couch, shoves it in his face and just screams into the pillow. And Punky just looks at him like, okay, that's not the reaction, reaction I was hoping for. She hasn't even told them the news yet. And you know that Hannah isn't going to agree to this because she's already basically raising her two younger brothers. Hannah even says, let me go get the tissues. And then Diego screams into a pillow. And Punky said, there's no need for tears or whatever Diego's doing. So immediately the kids start jumping to conclusions. Like, oh, someone's leaving? And Diego says, well, I vote that Daniel leaves. And Punky says, nobody's being voted out of the family. We're getting an addition. And of course, Hannah jumps right to, you're pregnant? How can you do this to me? No, she's not pregnant. My God. Worst case scenario with these kids. But then again, I'm the same way. I'm always worst case scenario when there's news. And my mind always goes to the worst of the worst case scenarios. My reasoning for doing that is just like, well, if it's not that, then clearly it's not nearly as bad. And then she looks at the kids and she says, you know what? This is why we don't have family talks. So she lets them know there's a little girl that Cherry would like Punky to take in for a couple days while Cherry clears the foster family she has set up for Izzy. And she tells the kids, you know, this has to be a family decision. Each one of the kids are like, nope, not happening. Uh Uh-uh. And Punky says, you know what? We're doing this. Like, it's not up for discussion. I love how she doesn't, she doesn't give them a choice. But then again, come on. They haven't even met Izzy yet. So Punky calls for Izzy to come out. And she comes out and uh, Brandy comes out right behind her. And Punky says, everyone, this is Izzy. And Izzy looks at the three kids and asks, so how long you in for? And Punky looks at Izzy and says, this place is far from a prison. But then again, I mean, if if Izzy has been, you know, put in one foster home after another, she has... That's the word I'm looking for. She knows how things run. So she's probably thinking, these kids are also foster kids. Like, oh, how long you in for? How long you been here? What's the, uh, what's the situation and how things are, you know, all that stuff. But Hannah, I love how Hannah deadpans 20 years to life. (laughs) So, yeah, Izzy is... Excuse me. Hannah asks Izzy, like, will you excuse us for a minute? So she sits down with Punky on the couch, and she's like, how can you do this to me? I don't even have my own life. I'm already raising Daniel and Diego with you, and now you bring in another kid without even asking me. Which I get... Yeah, I mean, she's... 
Hannah's, what, 14, 15 years old? I can't see her wanting to take on another kid as far as, you know, helping her mom out and everything like that. It's got a bit, that is a lot for anyone to handle. I mean, I understand her saying, you know, I don't even have my own life. It's like, I can't even really hang out with my friends. I can't go anywhere. I can't join any clubs or sports because I got to be here when my two brothers get off, you know, the bus or get home from school. And then I got to watch them until you get home from work, which, you know, as a photographer, uh, Punky keeps, you know, probably odd hours. You know, that's how Henry was, too. He was the same way. He was always, I got to get this done. I have a deadline. I got to. Mrs. Johnson can watch you, or you'll be fine by yourself. Don't worry about it. Punky apologizes to Hannah and says, The mom and me couldn't say no. And Henry took me in when I didn't have any place to go. And Hannah brings up another point to Punky. We don't even have room for her. And yeah, if you think about it, I always thought there were only two bedrooms in that apartment when Henry was living there. There was his, which we never saw, and then Punky's. But now there's three bedrooms. Hannah's got Punky's old room, Punky's got Henry's old room, and then somehow there is a room that both Daniel and Diego share. Now, bringing in a fourth kid. It's like, yeah, where is this child going to go? Where is she going to sleep? Remember season two? Changes part one or two with Simon Chillings. I cannot stand that man. He was complaining to Mrs. Johnson about the fact, because Mrs. Johnson was going to take Punky, like, hey, you'll stay with us while Henry's in the hospital recuperating. And Chillings was like, oh, no, she must have her own bedroom. And then when she gets defensed her, I love how Mrs. Johnson points out, so Punky has to have her own room if she stays with me, but at Fenster, she can room with like three or four other girls. Like, makes no sense whatsoever. And Punky again reminds the kids, like, look, this is only temporary. Can we please make this situation comfortable for her? Hannah looks around and she's like, uh, mom, she gone. And like, Izzy flew the coop. She's gone. And Punky's, oh man, she's good. And she runs out the front door. Is that how she went? I, I didn't. Unless Izzy did go out the front door. I'm just trying to think. I remember in the kitchen there was a back door that led, I thought it was like down some, it, yeah, it led out to the backyard. I remember that. So, yeah, we go outside. We see Izzy waiting on the sidewalk. A car pulls up. The lady asks, oh, did somebody order an Uber? And Izzy's like, yep. She opens the door, slings her bag and her book bag in there. And, of course, the first thing the Uber driver asks, kid, where are your your parents? And, of course, Izzy's like, hey, you want want a five-star rating? Just take my money and drive, all right? So, I remember thinking when I listened to the interview that Cherry Johnson had done with Quinn Copeland, who plays the character of Izzy, there was a mention of Izzy taking Punky's phone and her credit card. Now, I don't remember that in this episode unless it was done off screen, because how else is Izzy going to be able to call an Uber?
and order an Uber, you're going to have to have a card on, you know, put a card on file or something to pay for it, right? Right. Unless, you know, maybe it gets brought up. I haven't watched this episode since it aired in February, so maybe that is brought up. But I do distinctly remember Cherry and Izzy, Cherry and Quinn talking about Izzy taking Punky's cell phone and credit card. Oh, yeah, Izzy says, if you want five stars, just drive. I, I got, I, I don't, I've never been in an Uber, you know, I, I don't know, but I really don't think an Uber driver can just not ask questions if a kid under the age of 10 gets in their car and tells them to drive them somewhere. They're... There's got to be laws that you can't just do that without asking questions or contacting the authorities or something. So, Punky flings herself onto the windshield of the Uber driver's car. She's like, stop! And of course, (laughs) the Uber driver's like, I haven't even gone anywhere yet. And Izzy's like, floor it! And Punky says, no, 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 no one's going anywhere, right? She's with me. Thank goodness. I I can't. I really cannot see that Uber driver taking Izzy anywhere. Hey guys. We need to have a family talk. Let me get the tissues. <laughs> There's no need for tears or whatever Diego is doing. Last time we had a family talk, you told us dad was moving out. Someone is leaving. I thought we got Daniel loose. No one is getting voted out. Actually, I want you to consider an addition. What? You're pregnant? How could you do this to me? First of all, I'm not pregnant. Second, this is why we don't have family talks. Third, there's a little girl that needs a place to stay while Cherry finds her a home. But it needs to be a family decision, so we all have to agree. No. Absolutely not. No way. Okay, here's the thing. We're doing it. I'd like for you to meet Izzy. So, how long you in for? This home is far from a prison. 20 years to life. Excuse us, Izzy. This is so unfair. I can't even have my own life because I'm stuck raising Daniel and Diego with you. And now you bring in another kid without even asking me. I'm sorry, but the mom and me couldn't say no. I needed a home and Henry took me in. We don't even have room for her. It's only temporary. Can we please try and make her feel comfortable? Uh, Mom, she gone. <laughs> Man, she's good. Somebody order an Uber? Yep. Where are your parents, kid? If you want five stars, just drive. Nobody's going anywhere. She's with me. And of course, I want to play the clips where Henry, in both season two accidents happen and season four wedding bells for Brandon, the series finale, Henry tries to get Punky into photography because it's his dream to see her kind of, you know, follow in his footsteps of being a photographer. 
Wow, that is old. <laughs> it's the first camera I ever used. Looks like the first camera anybody ever used. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I've kept it in mint condition. It still takes perfect pictures. You can use it for career day. Photoshop. So, to keep a better watch on Izzy and to most likely give Hannah a break, <laughs> Punky takes Izzy with her to her photography studio. And I love how Izzy's just eating pizza. The pizza actually doesn't look that appetizing at all. 
And she's just looking at the pictures, saying, oh, you took all these? And Punky says, yeah, I, I was a photojournalist. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. And I like that. This is similar to the pilot when Punky goes into Henry's apartment for the first time and she's looking at all the pictures and stuff. And I just, I see, like, these scenes are kind of a little similar. So, yeah, she was a photojournalist and now she says she mainly does weddings and parties. Her photography studio looks amazing. Remember how Henry had a couch in his studio? Punky's got a couch as well. And she's got an old, like, wire fan. And it kind of makes me wonder if maybe that is just retro looking. Or if the small portable, the small fan might be from Henry's old studio. I'll have, I'd have to go back and look. But also, we have these white-bordered, black-framed, colored photographs. And the room itself, the pictures in it just seems like those are the only things that are really giving this room color. It's kind of a, the walls are painted in slate gray. Her desk is the same color. It just really kind of... It just, it just seems like, I don't know, I just... Thinking of Punky growing up and how vibrant she was with you know her her colors and everything, everything just feels kind of muted now. It's almost you know, you know like Punky as an adult. You know she's a parent and she's it's just yeah she's trying to f get her Punky power back. It's like in the in the bright colors and stuff that we were used to of like the eighties and what made you know Punky colorful and her amazing clothes and just everything like that. It's just like. The room's cool, but it needs some slabs. And I, I just, I'm thinking of Punky's bedroom and how it just splashes the color all over. And it's like, Punky, Punky, Punky. <laughs> this, this room could use a makeover. No, no one needs to be in a slate gray painted room. And Izzy's like, oh, that sounds so boring. I mean, look at this picture over here. You clearly jumped out of a plane to take it because there's a ring of people holding hands in a circle as they, you know, skydiving. You know, jumping out of a plane. And Punky adds, yeah, I landed 10 seconds before my puke. Oh! And Izzy looks at Punky and asks, you know, why'd you stop? Like, she can't fathom, like, why would you stop doing something that just seems so cool? And Punky gives, you know, a basic adult answer. She says, I, I wanted to spend more time with my kids. And now I mainly take pictures of people that are going to live happily ever after. And Izzy asks, do they all live happily ever after? And Punky asks, you know, sometimes. I mean, 50% of marriages end in divorce. Ooh, way to bring down the room. And Punky adds, may as well flip a coin. And here come the newlyweds to be, I guess, the couple that she has an appointment with photographing. So, <laughs> Izzy goes up to this guy uh, of the, the couple and just asks, like, hey, can I have a quarter? And the kid's like... <laughs> Izzy, she asks for a quarter. The guy digs in his pocket like, yeah, sure, are you going to do a magic trick? She's like, no, I'm going to flip a coin, see if you guys make it. 
Oh, awkward. <laughs> oh, I love how Izzy adds, my boss says it's 50-50. Oh, yeah, that's real great for business. <laughs> Just found out the photographer who's going to take our picture for our engagement photo thinks we're not going to make it. Oh. And she asks the guy, heads or tails? <laughs> you took all these? Yeah, I used to be a photojournalist. I mainly do weddings and parties now. Lauren, you jumped out of a plane to take this picture. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I landed 10 seconds before my puke. Why'd you stop? I wanted to spend more time with my kids, and, and now I get to take pictures of people that are going to live happily ever after. Did they all live happily ever after? Sometimes. I mean, 50% of marriages end in divorce, so might as well flip a coin. Knock, knock. The lovebirds are here. Oh, welcome. Let's talk about the big day. Can I have a quarter? Sure. <laughs> you going to do a magic trick? I want to flip a coin to see if you guys make it. <laughs> My boss says it's 50-50. Heads or tails? I want to play a clip from the pilot episode of Punky Brewster from 1984 where Punky is now in Henry's apartment and she goes into the living room and starts looking at all these framed photos that he's taken of people. And just, you can tell, I mean, she's got kind of a different reaction to them. I mean, an innocent curiosity like Izzy, but... She definitely sees the emotion because these are mainly pictures, you know, of people's faces and stuff where Punky is more of like the picture she had of the people skydiving. You don't see their faces. But it's just, it's interesting to kind of, you know, compare, you know, the two scenes, how seeing how they are similar and how they're, you know, a little different. Because both Punky and Izzy kind of come at this from a different point of view. Can you take these pictures? That's my job. I'm a photographer. I like them. You know why? Why? You can look at the people and tell how they feel. Well, like I said, it's my job. You must care a lot about people. <laughs> nope. All I need in this world is my camera. That's kind of sad. Well, you know, you're just a child. You haven't even learned how to match your shoes yet. <laughs> I have two different feet. Why should I wear two different shoes? All right, so we get back to the apartment. We're in Hannah's room, and Daniel is painting his nails a beautiful light blue color. And Hannah asks Daniel for his advice. <laughs> in reference to the two nail polish bottles she's holding up. She asks, hmm, Daniel, do you think Jordan likes metallic or glitter? And I love how Daniel doesn't even look up from his nails as he says, yeah, I think Jordan likes boobs. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what you paint your nails. I love how Hannah's room is different colors. Definitely the same type of vibe as Punky's old bedroom, which is where Hannah is, has kind of made her own. Gosh, I really, I just, ah, uh, I wish that photography studio just could have looked a little bit more 
colorful and less drab, you know? And I'm just like, what happened to Punky's Place? I, oh my goodness, I really hope we get a season two because I want to know. Just in a casual conversation or just in passing, like, what happened to Punky's Place? Did you sell it? Did Henry sell it? What if he sold it and maybe that helped pay for, you know, gosh, I can't remember. Did Punky say she went to college? I don't know. Or maybe he sold it so he could help, you know, pay for her wedding or something. I don't know. And Daniel tells Hannah, you should worry about what you like. I mean, it shouldn't matter what you think a guy is going to like on you. Like, you need to look how you feel comfortable looking. You're not trying to, over, you know, impress some guy, like, by trying to be someone you're not. Which, that's going to come back in a later episode when she meets another guy. Uh, of course, Diego comes in. It's like, hey, Daniel, I thought we were going to be playing Fortnite. What's up with that? And the line that Daniel gives has become a meme as he says, I need my spa time. We all need a little spa time. You know, we all need that relaxation me time to zone out and just be in the me zone. Get away from the pressures of everyday life and responsibilities. So Daniel, he's sitting in a comfy looking beanbag chair, looks up at Diego and says, hey, you want in? And Diego says, nah, that's your thing. And Daniel asks, do you think it's weird I paint my nails? And Daniel tells him, mm, kind of weird. Which, another thing, I mean, this is the pilot episode. It is setting up things that will come into play. This, especially in the episode, The Look of Daniel, we're going to get more into the character of Daniel. Daniel mentions that a kid at school said it was weird that Daniel paints his nails. So Diego's like, what? So he goes over to Hannah like, hey, give me the shimmery red nail polish. So I love this. That he's doing this in support of his brother, his little brother. So apparently watching Izzy is too much for Punky to handle. So she asks Hannah to take over Izzy duties. Like, hey, I need you to watch Izzy for a bit. She's already broken up two couples and photobombed a family portrait. Oh, God. Hannah clearly is not about this. She asks, why can't the boys look after Izzy? Diego and Daniel run out of her room so fast. <laughs> and Hannah's like, oh, come on. Do you think Jordan likes metallic or glitter? I think he likes boobs. <laughs> but you should worry about what you like. Hey, we're supposed to be playing Fortnite. I need my spot time. You want in? No, that's your thing. You think it's weird I paint my nails? Kind of. Who cares? Somebody at school said it was weird. What? Hand me the shimmery red. <laughs> Hannah, I need you to look after Izzy. She's already broken up two couples and photobombed a family portrait. Why can't the boys look after Izzy? Oh, come on! So, apparently... The apartment building now has an elevator. Interesting. I don't think it ever had... No, it had stairs, right? <laughs> yes, it did. It had stairs. If there was an elevator, we never saw it. And if, if maybe it wasn't working <laughs> for those four years. 
So we see Izzy and Hannah in the elevator, and it's opening, the door's opening, and then it's closing, and then Izzy's asking Hannah, why is the door just opening and closing? Why are we going up and down in the elevator and not getting off? And Hannah, who's clearly not happy to be having to babysit Izzy, is like, it's a game called None of Your Business. Hannah's acting like a teen, such a teenager, and it's just like, the character of Hannah does kind of grate on my nerves a little bit. I mean, I get a typical teenager behavior, but come on. At least I like that we do get to see the growth of the relationship between Hannah and Izzy. Where Hannah even says at one point in season one, you know, I never thought I'd, I'd want a little sister, and now I can't imagine life without her, or, or something to that effect later on. And it just, it's so sweet that it takes a hot minute to get there, but we do eventually get there. So, yeah, we see Jordan, the blonde-haired cutie <laughs> in the jean jacket. I would totally be, if I were Hannah's age, I would be crushing on him. Cutie, 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 patootie. And so Izzy finally realizes why they've been going up and down in the elevator because you're <laughs> waiting to see if Jordan gets on in the elevator. And he does. And I love how Hannah, of course, is speechless. She can't say anything. But Izzy does all the talking for her. Like, oh, hi, what's your name? I'm Izzy. This hottie here is Hannah. And Jordan looks over at Hannah and is like, hi. And Hannah's just like, ah! Just (laughs) no words whatsoever. And I love how Izzy's like, oh, it's like fate. You know, this is like a YA novel. You both should lay in a field and, like, look up at the stars together. Oh, and one of you should be, like, dying from a rare disease or something. Like, the fault in our stars or... Gosh, now all of a sudden I can't think of it. I know there are others out there like that, but I cannot think. The Fault in Our Stars is the only thing that comes to mind. And that, honestly, is the first book I read of John Green. And the first, I think, book that really made me tear up in the end. Also, the soundtrack is amazing. And I love how Jordan's like, oh yeah, I'd be into that. Not the dying part, the laying in the field and staring at the stars. So, Jordan gets off the elevator and like, hey, I'll text you sometime. And, of course, I love how Hannah tries to play it off. Like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and, of course, when the elevator door closes, and then Izzy and Hannah are like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, go, girl, go, girl. <laughs> and the elevator doors open, and Jordan is standing like, um, I need your phone number. <laughs> Oh my god. No, no, t- no teens say I'll call you. It's now I'll text you or something. Oh my goodness. See, I grew up in an age where none of this stuff existed. If I wanted to talk to somebody, I had to somehow get their number and <laughs> I started looking up in the phone book or something. Or, oh yeah, the whole letter writing thing that I used to do with the the boys that I was interested in. None of them reciprocated at all. None of them. It was so embarrassing to write your crush a, a note and then hand it to him. Have guts to hand it to him and then just be publicly humiliated and just rejected at the same time. 
Ugh, it happened, like, at least a few times. You think I would have learned. So, why are we just going up and down and not getting off? It's a game called None of Your Business. before and wanted to say hi <laughs> must be fate you two meeting in the same elevator it's like a YA novel you guys should hang out in the field looking up at the stars sometime ooh and one of you should be dying from a rare disease I'd be into that except for the dying part I'll text you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I need your number. So it looks like it's the next morning, and Izzy is again planning her getaway as she's backing into the kitchen. We have Punky's ex-husband, Travis, making what looks like chocolate chip pancakes. And of course, Izzy reckon well, she doesn't reckon she notices her peripheral vision that there's somebody there. And she turns side-eyes him and asks, who are you? Like in an accusatory tone, like, I've met everyone else so far in this place, but who are you? And Travis looks at her, clearly does not know what's going on. Like, who is this extra kid here? He's like, who are you? And Izzy says, well, I'm Izzy. And Travis says, well, nice to meet you. I'm Travis. I used to live here. <laughs> and Izzy looks at him like, oh, you ex you escaped? And Travis is like, well, sort of. I got kicked out. And Izzy tells him, well, I'm getting out too. So, Travis invites her to hang for a sec so she can delight in his amazing chocolate chip pancakes. And Izzy's like, well, can't. The open road calls. Sorry. So, Travis is like, well, you know, I don't know many people that turn down my chocolate chip pancakes. Not many people can say no to my chocolate chip pancakes. <laughs> I love chocolate chip pancakes. And also, Eggo chocolate chip waffles are so amazing. And... Izzy, it's like she cannot fathom, like, this is even a thing. Like, you put chocolate chips in the pancakes? Travis leaves, like, a stack of, like, four or five pancakes on a plate. Like, oh my goodness. Even two pancakes, honestly, fills me up. And I think it's got to do with the, you know, it's a bread-type material, which is... That's why they say... What do they say at rest? Don't get filled up on bread. Don't fill up on bread. Because that otherwise you won't be hungry for, you know, your main meal. Izzy hops up on a stool and 
Yes. Why are we still talking? Syrup me. <laughs> so as Travis gets the syrup for Izzy, Punky comes in like it's any other morning. And she says, morning, Izzy. And then she kisses Travis and says, morning, babe. And then she takes a couple steps, stops, turns and <laughs> like, what just happened there? And Travis says, well, you just kissed me and now you're freaking out a little bit. It's, like, it's probably something that she's done for so many years of her married life. And all of a sudden he's he's there and it's like you just... It's like an action that is so ingrained in you that you just automatically do it without thinking. And Punky finally is like, you're not supposed to be here. We're divorced. And Travis says, hey, that doesn't mean that we can't hang out. And she's like, uh, it does mean we can't hang out. Yeah, she says, it kind of does. And don't call me babe. And Travis is like, for the record, you called me babe. And Izzy can see this, and she's only been met, known Travis for, like, a handful of seconds. And she's got a couple pieces of pancake on her fork, points it in Punky's direction, and says, You still have a thing for him. Like, yeah. Clearly. You walked in, you kissed him, yeah. And Punky tells Izzy, Eat your pancakes, and she grabs Travis by the arm and pulls him into the living room, probably to let him know what's going on and why Izzy's there. So, Punky explains to Travis, you know, things are different now. You just can't come and go as you want. And Travis lets her know the band is not on tour anymore. And he came by to see his family. Which I can imagine as a musician. and Well, not me as a musician. But for him being on tour with a band and everything. And only seeing his kids a handful of times. I can imagine, like, maybe that is why Punky decided, like, you're not here enough. It's confusing for the children. It's hard for me. Maybe it would be best if we just separated. So Punky opens Travis's guitar case and pulls out stanky boxers. And Travis, like, grabs it from her, throws it back in there, and shuts the guitar case. Like, you might want to keep that closed. That's three weeks of, of uh, tour bus stink. Oh, nasty. You're telling me they kind of stopped somewhere and done some laundry at like a, a laundromat or something? Come on. Speaking of laundromats, Punky's like, this isn't a laundromat. And Travis tries to like be charming as she called, like, stop being charming because he brings up the laundromat in Milwaukee. And she also adds, like, you can't just keep coming and going because it's confusing for the kids. So Hannah comes out like, hey, Dad, and uh, he gives her a side hug, and then she's like, I smell pancakes, and she goes into the kitchen, and Travis looks at Punky like you're saying, because uh, she seems fine to me, and Punky tells him, well, it's confusing for me. I mean, you're hanging around more than you did when we were actually married. And Punky is saying how Hannah's got Punky on dating apps now. And tells Travis, well, I hear you're dating a 27-year-old. And Travis is like, well, it's not really dating. It's more, you know, and uh, emojis. So, like, yeah, because Punky doesn't, she don't need to hear that stuff, what you're doing. Keep this stuff, stuff yourself. So Travis says, look, I'll take off. I'll call you later. We can set up a time to see the kids and Izzy can come along as well. By the way, who's Izzy? 
And Punky explains that Cherry asked Punky to watch Izzy while Cherry sets up a foster family. And Travis is like, yeah, that's pretty cool of you. And Travis says, well, after all, Brandy and I were rescues, too. Isn't that right, boy? Aww. So, Punky lets Travis know kind of what's going on in his kids' lives at the moment. Hannah is crushing on a guy named Jordan. And Daniel is experimenting, which, honestly, I don't think that would have been the right word to use. Because Travis is like, wait, with drugs? And Punky says, no, with eyeliner and sometimes nail polish. And Travis kind of is like, well, it's probably just a phase. And Punky says, maybe it's more than just a phase. I don't know if maybe experimenting would have been the right word. Maybe, uh, you know, exploring, finding one's true self. Stuff like that. Finding, you know, trying things out to find out what fits. And Travis makes a joke of like, oh, well, I'll have to pull out some David Bowie CDs or something. Ugh. They will get more serious about this topic when this does come up later in season one. I almost said season three. It's like, we gotta get a season two first. We really need to get a season two. And Travis, of course, Travis is so much taller than Punky. He says, it's good to see you again, Punky Brewster. And she says, you too. And she <laughs> leans up and kisses him. She's like, ah, oh, dang it, I did it again. See, yeah, old habits. I don't know what to tell you. So Travis opens the door, and of course Cherry's there, and she looks at Punky and Travis, and she's like, you two didn't. And of course Travis plays it off like, she tried to seduce me, but I was strong as a rock. <laughs> sure you were. I love how Punky like, literally shoves Travis out the door as Cherry walks in. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Izzy. Nice to meet you. Travis. I used to live here. So you escaped? Sort of. I got kicked out. Well, I'm getting out too. Oh, okay. Although, before you go, you really should have some of my pancakes. Sorry, that the open road calls. All right, I gotta hand it to you. Not many people can say no to chocolate chip pancakes. You put chocolate chips in the pancakes? Yep. See you later, kid. Why are we still talking? Stir at me. Good morning, Izzy. Good morning, babe. Wait. What just happened? You kissed me good morning and now you're kind of freaking out a little? You're not supposed to be here. We're divorced. That doesn't mean we can't hang out. Uh, it kind of does. And don't call me babe. You called me babe. You still have a thing for him. Eat your pancakes. Things are different now. You can't just show up for no reason. Okay, I have a good reason. The band just came back from a tour, and I wanted to see my family. Uh-huh. Yeah, you might want to keep that closed. That's three weeks of tour bus stink. This isn't a laundromat. You remember that laundromat in Milwaukee? Stop being charming. 
You can't just show up for no reason. It's confusing for the kids. Oh, hey, Dad. Hey. I smell pancakes. She seems okay. Fine, it's confusing to me. We're divorced and you're hanging around more than you did when we were married. Hannah's got me on dating apps. You're dating a 27-year-old. Ooh, ooh, not really dating. It's more just sex and emojis. I don't want to hear it. Okay, okay, look, it's gonna be all right. I'll take off and I'll call you later to set up a time to see the kids. Izzy can come too. Who is Izzy? Cherry asked us to watch her while she finds her a foster family. She's a handful. That's pretty cool. After all, Brandy and I were rescues too. Isn't that right, boy? Hannah is crushing hard on a boy named Jordan, and Daniel's experimenting. But with drugs? With eyeliner, sometimes nail polish. That's probably just a phase. Maybe it's more than a phase. All right. I'll have to dig up some of my old David Bowie CDs. <laughs> it's good to see you, Bunky Brewster. You too. Dang it! I did it again! Morning, Cherry. You two didn't. She tried to seduce me, but I was strong as a rock. <laughs> so, <laughs> turns out Cherry did get approval on the f- couple that want to foster Izzy. And mind you, I do say foster. I don't say adopt. There is a difference. And this couple, we're going to say, needs to learn that. And of course, Travis comes in and gets a guitar full of dirty laundry. And <laughs> as he runs out, Cherry's like, are you sure you didn't? And Punky's like, no, I didn't sleep with him. I'm like, oh. Good news. I got approval on the couple that wants to foster Izzy. Great. She's a good kid. so yeah they do the i guess as cherry calls it the handoff which is passing izzy on to this foster couple i'm not getting good vibes from this couple in fact i'm getting vibes from changes part what is it two or three where punky is a taken in fostered by that rich couple i mean the guy ends up being fine but the wife is a whole nother story and the couple here really it's no different the the wife is really like wanting to change izzy just like the wife in the season two episode of punky brewster wanted to change you know how punky dressed and her mannerisms and just all of that stuff and punky is saying how izzy is just so excited (laughs) no she's not she's got her arms crossed across her chest and she's just not about this and the lady is just of this couple is just so bubbly oh we're so excited to meet you izzy and the husband is like trying to give izzy a high five like Come on. Really? 
even goes so far as to try to give her a fist bump, and then he just pats her on her head when she's wearing her her gray stocking cap. Which, we're going to learn more about that stocking cap later. And Izzy is just like, well, this is off to a great start as she goes and sits in the chair, like, <laughs> trying to get as far away from these people as possible. And Punky asks a really good question, which I guess I'm surprised that Cherry didn't say, Punky, that's not really your business, as Punky asks the couple, what made you want to foster children? Here's the couple's answer. Well, our careers are on track, and here, send a big one. All our friends are doing it. Yeah. So they're trying to go with a trend of, oh, all our friends are fostering kids. Really? Really? Ugh. I mean, already, when I originally watched, I was definitely getting like, these are, this is not the right couple. This is not the right couple for Izzy. They're too proper. They're too polished. They don't have Izzy's best interests at heart. The husband said, well, we, I wanted to start with a dog, but unfortunately my wife is allergic, so this is the next step, I guess. Like, all the wrong reasons. Come on. They just, right off the bat, I'm sure Punky can tell, like, this couple is not for Izzy. I mean, sure, Punky's only spent a day with Izzy, but immediately, I mean, she is getting these like very similar there is a connection between Izzy and Punky of course while this is all going on here comes Hannah like Izzy Jordan just texted me and Izzy's all excited oh you shut up no you shut up and back and forth with this and Punky's like oh well in our household shut up means I love you <laughs> like yeah Hannah this probably could have waited but then again, you already sense, like, there's even a, a bond, a connection, like, Hannah is already growing attached to Izzy just by that encounter that they had, like, something that, a moment that they shared, and just, it's really sweet. Oh my gosh, the wife drives me insane. She's like, oh, I can't wait to get you home, Izzy. We can go shopping for clothes without holes in them. Excuse me? You're already offended by this girl's wardrobe. Like, I can't wait to start changing changing your image and what you look like and this and that. It's like, girl, they should not be fostering any kids. I love how Hannah goes to bat, like, as she, she basically tells this woman off, like, ripped jeans are in style. And, of course... The mother's now like, or not the mother, uh, the wife of the couple is all like, Izzy will be attending an all-girls prep school. And of course, how I said that Izzy does have the blue in her hair, she's saying, like, we'll have to wash that blue out of her hair and everything. And it's just like, even Punky's like, I'm not feeling, and I can't even imagine that Cherry would be about this either. Like, just because they got approved doesn't mean that they're a good fit for Izzy. Heck, anybody... A stranger on the street could be sitting in on this situation and be like, no, I'm feeling, I am not feeling any good vibes coming from this couple. Like, they are doing this whole foster thing for all the wrong reasons. Doing it as a trend because your friends are doing it is not a reason to take in a foster child. As she says, Izzy will be going to an all-girls prep school, so we'll have to be, you know, dealing with uniforms, so we'll have to deal with the hair thing, too. 
Oh, Hannah is getting riled. <laughs> She's like, we like her hair. In fact, hey, how about we talk about your hair? Thank you, Hannah. I know, I know, I know. It's just like, Cherry, come on. You're seeing this, right? This, you can't, ugh. Ugh, just rub me the wrong way a thousand times over. I just don't like it. I can imagine for a situation like this to work, it's got to be a good fit on both ends of the spectrum, not just looking at, oh, they're finding, they're a married young couple, they are financially secure and this and that. It's like when you're just looking at it like that, but you're not looking at, Izzy has been through so much that we are going to learn in this season alone with her mother and we learn about the death of her father and just it's like this is a child that needs not so much financial stability granted yes that's a good thing but this is a child that is going to need people that are going to be understanding and the fact that these people mainly it's all on the wife wants to change how Izzy looks dresses all of that and Punky jumps in with, you know, I think what Hannah is trying to say is that if everyone looked the same, that would be boring. So here the wife pops in with, well, I've read that children thrive with structure. The wife's saying about Izzy's school load, her music lessons, language tutor, and college prep. These people do not need to be fostering kids, let alone having kids. It's like, she's like planning out Lizzie's whole life. And even I think Punky says at some point, like, is there going to be time for her to, you know, be a child and enjoy her childhood? Yeah, she's like, we'll be sure to keep Izzy very busy. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, Punky's like, well, did you carve out any time for her to be a kid? And of course, Cherry kind of jumps in with, hey, Punky, can I have a word with you? This, I honestly feel, honestly that if Mike had sat in on the meeting with Simon Chillings, Punky, and that rich couple, he definitely would be able to see, Mike would be able to see, this is clearly not a fit for Punky that's going to work because he knows Punky. And even the short amount of time, you know, and Punky knows Izzy. And even Cherry has known Izzy longer than Punky has. Come on, Cherry. She needs to be channeling her inner Mike Fulton here. She really, really does. So Punky and Cherry go into the kitchen and Punky immediately is like, though that couple out there is all wrong for Izzy. She's just a kid and all they want to do is change her. And Cherry pretty much tells Punky, like, this is a done deal, okay? They've been through all the applications, the background checks, the home visits. So what? That means nothing. You can't just look at all that and just say, well, they'll be a great fit. It's got to be a good fit for the kid. You can't take a child that's been struggling in life and everything and most likely has emotional struggles and, and, and stuff like that and just assume because a, a family doesn't have a criminal background or because they're not living on a street corner or... Or because they're or they're they're living in a mansion that they're gonna just come on, 
seriously. I just get the feeling like Cherry's all like, well, they passed everything, the home, the background, the applications, the this, the that. And it's almost like, let's just keep getting kids, like, fixed up with suitable foster parents and, you know, emptying, you know, the, the Fenster Hall and everything. It's, it's not always about the numbers and just thinking that that's going to make it okay and it's going to be a good fit. And Cherry's like, hey, it's not like I walked into an Applebee's and shouted, who wants a kid? Oh, God, I hope not. I don't, no, she wouldn't do that. I can even imagine even Henry and Mrs. Johnson kind of honing in on this situation, situ this with Izzy and them. Their, their take on it would definitely, no, I don't see this as being a good thing. Like, Izzy is not gonna... He's already been through so much upheaval and everything. Honestly, yeah, I feel that Izzy would do best with Punky because Punky has been there. She can identify with what Izzy is going through. And Punky tells Cherry, I've been where she is, okay? She'll think she has it's too much pressure. She'll think that she has to be perfect for them or they'll give her back. And Cherry comes out with, yes, they have high expectations, but to be fair, nobody thought Henry was right for you. That's mainly due to his age and the fact that he wasn't married. And of course, Punky's like, you had to play the Henry card. Fine. So, of course... Punky and Cherry walk out of the kitchen and of course Diego and Daniel were there and Daniel's like what was going on with them? And Diego says, I don't know all I heard was Applebee's. Ah, <laughs> oh, Applebee's is so good though. <laughs> Thank you so much for letting us do the handoff here. Of course. Is he so excited? Right, Is he? <laughs> Izzy, we're thrilled to see you. Hello there. <laughs> this is off to a good start. So, what made you guys decide you wanted kids? Uh, it just seemed like the right time. Our careers are on track. All our friends are doing it. I, I wanted to start with a dog, but Gemma's allergic, so here we are. Honey. We're really excited. Baby! Jordan texted me. <laughs> Shut up! You shut up. You shut up. No, you shut up. No, you shut up. In our household, uh, shut up means I love you. I can't wait to get you home. We can go shopping for clothes without holes in them. Um, ripped jeans are totally in style. Oh, style isn't an issue. Izzy will be attending an all-girls prep school whose students wear uniforms, so we'll have to deal with the hair thing, too. Uh, we like her hair. Let's talk about your hair. I think what Hannah's saying is that if everybody in the world looked the same, it would be kind of boring. I've read that children thrive with structure. With oh, Izzy's school mode, her music lessons, her language tutor, and college prep, we'll be sure to keep her very busy. Did you carve out any time for her to be a kid? Punky, can I have a word? Those people are all wrong for Izzy. She's just a kid and all they want to do is change her. Punky, this is a done deal. They've been through applications, background checks, home visits. It's not like I just walked into Applebee's and shouted, hey, who wants a kid? I've been where she is. It's too much pressure. She's going to think she has to be perfect or they'll give her back. 
Yes, they have high expectations. But to be fair, nobody thought Henry was right for you. Oh, you had to play the Henry card. So the next punky Brewster OG scene I want to play from is from season two, episode 20, Changes Part 2. This is where Punky is going to be introduced to her new foster parents. And the wife pretty much comes off very similar to the wife that is interested in changing everything about Izzy. Everything that makes Izzy Izzy from her hair to her clothes, everything. And in this scene here, Punky eventually feels resigned to the point where what other choice do I have? Because she even goes to Mike to ask her, like, ask, you know, for his help. Like, please, Mike, do something. And even his hands are tied because he's not working at Fenster anymore. He's not in charge of it. Simon P. Chillings is. Done the opportunity to do lessons right away. I know a wonderful <laughs> instructor who will come to the house every morning. You have a swimming pool at your house? Yes, right under the dance floor. We also have a stable where you can keep your own horse. Oh, I don't have a horse. I think you want another kid. Oh, she won't be needing her things. 
Deliver. Um, of course you don't. We'll have Morgan pick her up later in the town car. Come along, Jules. I'm running late. Yes, Tiffany. Now don't you worry about a thing, Precious. We'll be together very soon. Gross. Away. Whereas the wife is the one that's wanting to make all these changes. Like, oh, we don't need to hear about your sad, sob story about your tragic beginning. And like, oh, we have a swimming pool. Oh, you don't know how to swim? That's okay. We'll get you an instructor to come by every morning. Oh, we also have a stable. Oh, you don't have a horse? That's okay. We'll buy you one. And it's just like, this couple is all wrong for Punky. Just like that couple was all wrong for Izzy. It's all about, oh, she won't be needing her things. That's okay. We got to start from scratches and we have to change your look and everything that makes you you to suit our needs or Tiffany's needs. And that way she's like, oh, well, do you deliver? Is it like, it's not, Punky's not a bag of groceries. Good, gr oh my goodness. And the fact that, yeah, this Simon P. Chilling's guy is all like, oh, well, Punky, this is just great. I'm happy for you. And Punky turns and says, well, I'm glad one of us is. Because she feels like she doesn't have a choice in the matter. She has to go because what are her options? She's nine years old. She doesn't get a say in where she goes, which is so sad. So the next clip, of course, is the dinner with the Buckworths and Punky is just trying to make the best out of this situation where Tiffany's all about, all about formal dining. Punky's, you know, she's got Punky wearing a dress and wearing pearls and just all this etiquette that comes with this dinner. And even Brandon is dressed up. It's just like, what in the, and you know, Brandon, of course, is used to having dinner with, you know, Henry and Punky, and it's not like, nope, sorry, Tiffany says Brandon's got to go in the kitchen and have his dinner there. Of course, things kind of go downhill with this dinner etiquette. Punky mistakes a dinner napkin, which the way it, the dinner napkin is folded, it does look like a party hat. Just seems to be getting everything wrong in Tiffany's eyes and the only reason it seems like Tiffany is doing this taking a kid in because she wants to show off for all of their friends that are donating money to the homeless and this charity and that charity and Tiffany feels like oh they're going a step above by actually bringing a child that needs to be fostered into their home just like the other couple was like well all our friends are doing it it's like this isn't a fad. It's not supposed to be the latest trend. You're giving something to a child that they're that they don't have. And it takes more than just a nice home and a financial background. 
you got to be the right fit for the kid. And I just, I feel so bad for Punky. Just she's doing the best she can with what she's given. And it's just, everything she's doing, it's just wrong in Tiffany's eyes. Like, Liddy, you don't need to take in a foster child. You really shouldn't be around children, period. And I feel so bad for Jules, because he's just like, yes, dear. Okay, dear. Whatever you say, dear. Oysters, ew. What's this? Great jello? Great jello, yeah, that'd be my guess. Oh, dear. These are raw oysters. Oh, and they're raw. Ooh. Tip those back. Ugh. There we go. Down the hatch. Oh, more like down the dress. Oh, funky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. She got it out. Ugh. Even in 2021. 
What? Of course, that's a kid's reaction. Fire, put it out. <laughs> yeah. Yourself, buddy. <laughs> Hello? Oh, it's Punky. She's lost. Stay right where you are, dear. I'll come get you. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, that Tiffany does not need to be around children, or, uh, she just, uh, it's like children to her are just, they're like a possession, or they're just a status symbol, like, look at me, instead of giving to charity and taking in a foster child, I'm better than you by doing that, ugh. So, yeah, Punky and Cherry go into the living room, and... Cherry says, all right, I think it's time for Izzy and the Keatons to get going. And I'm thinking, the Keatons, the first thing that popped in my head was family ties. Like, oh, God. And Cherry's all like, oh, I'm sure Izzy's going to love her new home. And, oh, it just, oh, it breaks my heart. And when Punky's like, oh, I'm going to miss you, kiddo. And I love what Izzy does here. It's a callback to when she first met Punky. She says, hold on. I want to take a picture. And she closes her eyes, click. Yeah, because she says, I want to take a picture of you to remember you by. And it's just so sweet. She closes her eyes and goes, click. Aww. So the shared look between Hannah and Punky, it's like Hannah knows, like, her mom can't just say, I want Izzy to stay with me. So Hannah takes it upon herself, like, oh, wait, I just forgot. I made something for Izzy. Izzy, come with me. It's in my room. She's going to help Izzy get out of there. Thank goodness. <sighs> yeah, like I said, you know, Punky's attached and Hannah is definitely attached to Izzy. And it's like, they don't want her to go. I don't think any of us want her to go. So, yeah, and of course, no, it's like, okay, this is awkward. Because you got Punky there and Cherry and then you got the Keaton couple. And it's just like, ugh. So Punky excuses herself, says, I'll go check on the girl. She goes into Hannah's room, and of course, the door is, the door, the window is open. Of course, it's still got that painted sun smiley face, like Punky's original room. And there's a fire, it looks like there's a fire escape out the window. So that tree that was out Punky's window that Alan would climb up. And that uh, kid, what the heck was that kid's name? Was it like in season three, maybe season four? Spud Blunder or something like that. He climbed into that tree. <laughs> that tree I don't think is there anymore. Maybe they cut it down and put up a fire escape. And Punky's like, oh no. So she runs into the kitchen like, look, we need to be quiet about this. She tells the boys, the girls are gone. Look, I need you to stall that Keaton couple out there. And... 
Daniel and Diego go out there, and Daniel, at first I wasn't sure what he was doing, some weird thing with, like, his moving his hips from side to side and then his arms or something, and I'm like, okay, is he doing that flossing dance thing? Because I guess that's what that looked like, and Jeremy, like, attempted to do that after he beat me at Disney Trivial Pursuit. And I'm just like, is that that flossing? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Diego's like, it's cool, Mom. Look, we got this. And, of course, Punky leaves to go look for Hannah and Izzy. And, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Diego's like, eh, I got nothing. <laughs> she looked at Daniel. And it's like, oh, my goodness. So Daniel runs into the living room and he's like, hey guys, look at me. And he starts doing that uh, flossing dance. <laughs> well, I think it's time that we let the Keatons and Izzy get going. <laughs> I know that Izzy is excited to see her new home. I'm gonna miss you, kiddo. Before I go, I want to take a picture to remember you. something for Izzy. We'll just go get it. I'll go check on the girls. This is going well. Hey guys. Oh no. up to Punky's old treehouse and again bright beautiful colors and it looks like it's definitely had some work done since you know Hannah and her brothers kind of took over the space but it's really it's great I like the old um milk crate seats that they have up there which is really awesome and <laughs> It, uh, Hannah tells Izzy, well, my mom built this with, with her friends when she was about your age. And she says, well, you know, that was before the internet when there was nothing to do. Hey, we had stuff to do without the, without the internet. We had our imaginations. <laughs> and we used them. <laughs> and we hear Punky climbing up the steps in the treehouse and she's like, oh, it's not as big as it used to be. Well, that's because you're older and bigger. <laughs> and Izzy's like, ah, oh, how did you... F no, not Izzy. Oh, my goodness. Hannah. <laughs> Hannah says, ah, oh, how did you find us? And <laughs> Funky says, well, one thing, I'm your mom. And two, I've got an app on your phone that tracks you. Or an app on my phone that tracks you. Yeah. I love how Hannah says, okay, I'll be angry about that later. But then she's like, tells Punky, is like, right now, Mom, we can't let Izzy go with them. Which, yeah, no, you can't let her go with them. And Punk 
Loki says, the Keatons just want what's best for Izzy. We all do. And I love how Izzy stands up for herself and speaks up for herself. And she says, I'm sick of people telling me what's best for me. It's like, yeah, she's eight years old. She can think for herself. Shouldn't she have a say in where she lives? And Izzy tells Punky, I don't need you. I don't need them. You know, she's referring to the Keatons. And Izzy says, I'm out of here. She starts to go towards the opening of, you know, to get out of the treehouse. And Punky says, man, you're stubborn. And Punky decides, you know, know, I'm not going to stop you. So where are you going anyway? And Izzy tells her to find my mom and tell her I'm sorry. And it's just like, oh, my heart just breaks there. And Punky looks at Izzy confused and she asks, for what? And Izzy tells her, whatever I did to make her leave. And I'm like, oh my god, my heart. It's just, this poor kid. She's been through the ringer. And, of course, you know, Hannah gives him some privacy. And I love how Punky gets Izzy to open him and says, I have, you know, a similar story to yours, you know, as, as far as the whole mom abandonment thing goes. And I like that she's able to get Izzy to open up and we learn yeah, Izzy is not that different than what, you know, Punky's situation was. Before we get to that, Punky tells Hannah, look, just tell Cherry I will be up in a little bit. And Hannah is just thinking that Punky's just gonna give in. But I like what Hannah says here. She says, fine. But the old you would have fought for her. Like, so Punky sits down on an upturned milk crate next to Izzy and asks, do you mind if I ask you what happened? And Izzy says, she dropped me off at school one day and never picked me up. Oh. And Punky opens up to Izzy and says, you know, I don't tell many people this, but I was abandoned too. And the way that Izzy kind of looks at Punky kind of confused, like she's surprised by that. And Punky says, my mom left me in a grocery store parking lot. And Punky says, and she never came back. And Izzy says, surprised, like, yeah, really? And Punky says, I'm still waiting for her to show up. And Izzy looks at Punky and asks, what did you do wrong? And Punky tells her, you know, I've been asking, I asked myself that for years. You know, what did I do to make her leave? And that probably is a question that a lot of kids that have been abandoned by their parents or their parents just up and leave or drop them off somewhere, don't come back. It's like, yeah, the kid is probably going to feel guilt. Like, what did I do? How was I so bad that my mom or my dad just up and left me? And Punky says, I realized that it wasn't about me. And she tells Izzy, you didn't do anything wrong. It's like, sometimes I feel like kids need to hear that. And Izzy just, she can't accept that. She says, there must be something wrong with me. I mean, something awful. I mean, why else would a mother dump her own kid? 
So, Punky shares with Izzy a news story she heard about a building that was on that was on fire and a mother who was trapped five stories up with her baby and she didn't think they were going to make it and she hands her baby off, drops her baby out of the building into the arms of a firefighter waiting below. And Punky tells Izzy she realized the only way to save her baby was to let her go. And Izzy says, my mom wasn't in a fire. And Punky tells her, well, maybe she felt like her whole life was on fire. And the only way to save you was to drop you into someone else, somebody else's arms. And Punky, you know, is honest with Izzy here. She says, Izzy, sooner or later, you're gonna have to stop running and take a chance on somebody. I get, you know, Izzy is in that survival mode. It's like, is you know, when her mother, you know, left her and didn't pick her up. I'm sure she was, and she still wonders, you know, what she did wrong to make her mom not come in back and get her. But it seems like with kids, it's just, or people like, you know, that have been abandoned. It's that survival mode that I can take care of myself. They become independent. Like, I need to watch out for me. And and the fact that, you know, Izzy probably does have that thick ex- exterior or about herself that it's hard to... You've been let down by the one person you trust in your life. And it's hard to just trust people just in especially a stranger that you don't know anything about so i like honestly that punky is trying to come at a place of where she's been to get izzy to understand like yes i mean i was the same way but and it was pure happenstance that punky ended up in that apartment building that henry managed and they managed to carve out an existence you know, in a life together and everything. I mean, she really could have ended up in a bad, bad situation. But things just had a way of, of, of working out. Oh, that's a, uh, the treehouse. this place? Mom built it with her friends when she was a kid. That was before the internet when there was nothing to do. <laughs> it doesn't seem as big as it used to. Where did you find us? Well, I'm your mom. grocery store parking lot and never came back. 
Yeah? Still waiting for her to show up. What did you do wrong? I asked myself that for years. What did I do to make her want to leave? Until I realized it wasn't about me. <laughs> you didn't do anything wrong. There must be something wrong with me. Something awful. Why else would a mother dump her own kid? I saw a news story once. <laughs> there was a mother and her baby trapped in a burning building. They were five stories up, and they didn't think they were going to be saved. <laughs> At the last second, the mother leaned over and dropped her baby out of the window into the arms of a firefighter below. She realized the only way to save her baby was to let her go. My mom wasn't in a fire. Maybe she felt like her whole life was on fire. And the only way to save you <laughs> was to drop you into somebody else's arms. Izzy, sooner or later, <laughs> you gotta stop running and take a chance on someone. So now I want to play a clip from the pilot episode of OG Punky Brewster. I keep calling it OG. Where Henry is learning a little more about how Punky wound up living on her own. And Punky explains about how her father walked out on her and her mom. And then one day her mom and she piled into their station wagon and they drove to Chicago. Now she does not say where she came from. She just says they drove to Chicago. I'm going to shoot and say... Maybe they lived somewhere else in Illinois, or maybe they lived in Indiana or Michigan. Who knows? Because it seems like, I mean, if that were the case, then clearly her mother is running from some, somewhat, something, someone, we don't know. But Punky, just like Izzy, is on her own. I mean, Izzy is placed, you know, in Fenster Hall. I mean, I'm trying to think whether or not maybe Izzy had been on her own prior to being picked up and sent to, to Fenster. Because Punky, it seems, had been living on her own for at least, what, a couple weeks? A few weeks? Maybe even a month? Before uh, she got into that empty apartment building. <laughs> Where's your family, Punky? My father walked out on us. Where's your mother? I don't know. You don't know? A couple of weeks ago, my mom said we were going on a trip. So we piled up in her car and drove her to Chicago. Mom parked the car at a shopping center and went in. Yes? She never came back. just forgot about me. People forget things, right? But one day she'll come back for me and we'll live happily ever after. A big match with bunk beds. Have you been living in that empty apartment all this time? <laughs> yeah. By the way, the dryer downstairs is busted. Well, I'm going to call the police so they can track down your mother. 
We can't have a little girl living in an empty apartment. And you certainly cannot stay here. So I'll call a detective friend of mine and tell him that you're asleep. So the next clip I want to play, of course, from the pilot episode of OG Punky Brewster is where Henry is telling Punky that it just is not a good idea for her to stay there, even though she's pretty much made her intentions known by, you know, picking up Henry's house, making it more suitable for a child to live there, because he's got stuff all over the place, and it just makes him look like a pack rat bordering on a hoarder, and she realizes, well, she puts a picture of his wife who had passed away, sadly, a year after she and Henry were married, and he's like, where did you get this picture? Nobody looks at this picture, and of course, Punky asks, who is she, and that's when Henry says, well, she's my wife, Claudia, she passed away a year after we were married, and Punky says, well, you must miss her a lot. And then she brings up about a saying that her her mom used to say. And Henry says, you know, from the looks of things here, it makes it look, it seems like you want to stick around for a little bit. And Punky's like, yeah. And she actually says to Henry, like, you know, she gets, she's, you know, gr- he, he is grumpy on the outside, but on the inside, deep, 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 deep down, there is some goodness there. <laughs> uh, and he just, he flat out says, look, I can't have a kid here. It just, it wouldn't be right. We're not right for each other. And Punky just feels, she shuts down. She feels like nobody literally wants her. And she, and she goes to leave. She says, I must be a really terrible person if, you know, my dad walks out on me and then my mom abandons me and now you don't even want me. And it just, it breaks one's heart. And even like with with Izzy just saying, what did I do to make my mom just leave me and not, you know, come and get me? Like, what did I do? And she's like, I want to tell my mom that I'm sorry for whatever I did that made her not want me and it just it breaks one's heart to hear it
So we go back to the living room. Cherry's on her phone trying to get a hold of Punky. Like, Punky, pick up the phone so I can yell at you. Because Daniel's jumping up on the couch. <laughs> or no, Daniel's jumping up and down on the couch. And Daniel's still doing his flossing dance. And here comes Punky and Izzy. You know, Punky's holding Izzy's hand. Coming into the living room, and Cherry's like, Punky, what's going on here? And Punky looks it down at Izzy and just says, You know, we were just having a heart to heart. And Punky asks Izzy, Izzy, are you ready to go? And Izzy looks back at Punky and says, Yep. Like, she's finally like, Okay, you know, she's accepting. I guess, you know, I have no choice. I have to go, to this, go with this family. And she goes. <laughs> Because Punky has been holding her hand this whole time. And when Izzy goes, Punky cannot let go of Izzy's hand. And Izzy looks at her hand and looks at Punky and says, You know, this would be easier if you let go. And Punky is like... And Punky says, I'm trying. And then she just... I can't. And just Cherry looking at Punky like... What what are you doing? What's what's going on here? Like this couple has been, you know, all everything's been worked out. Yeah, Cherry says, "Hey, you said you wanted me to find her the right home." And Punky says, "I know." It's like literally breaking Punky's heart to let this kid go cuz she knows like Izzy is not going to be in the most comfortable situation going with this couple. Because Punky, like I said, she's been in this situation before. When she went with that rich couple. And Punky looks over her shoulder at her kids in the doorway. And she looks back at Cherry and says, I just realized it's our home. And Izzy looks at Punky in surprise. Like, what? And... I love how Punky kneels down to Izzy's level and tells her, when I was telling you to take a chance on someone, I think I was telling myself the same thing. And Punky asks Izzy, Izzy, would you like to stay here with us? And I love Izzy's response. It melts my heart as she says, what took you so long? Oh! And Punky asks, is that a yes? And Izzy says, yes! And Punky tells her, you've helped me rediscover something I've been missing. My Punky power. And just the audience just goes wild. Like, ah! <laughs> oh! And Izzy asks, what's that? And Punky says, 
you're about to find out. And of course, we got the Keaton couple, the wife here, who's like, uh, I don't know what's going on here, but she's coming with us. And the husband is like, oh, well, we've already done the paperwork. I'm like, you can stuff your paperwork, sir, okay? No, she ain't going with you. I love Punky's response as she says, I don't care if you've got her name tattooed on your butt. You're going to have to go over me to get to Izzy. And I love how Punky lays on the floor <laughs> like one of those protests. Yeah, she, lives, she lays on the floor and lifts her uh, arm in the air and goes, Heck no, Izzy won't go. <laughs> yeah, and I love how Hannah... Also kind of joins it. She lays over the top of uh, Punky like, and you'll have to walk over me to get to Izzy. And then the same for Diego and Daniel. And I love how uh, all this weight on Punky's stomach. She's like, Izzy, you're going to have to make a decision fast because I can't breathe. And I love how Izzy goes, Izzy power! Aww. Well, and the guy, the fact that when Punky lays down on the floor... And she's like, heck no, Izzy won't go. And the guy is like, the husband's like, you know, we could just step over you, right? And Punky says, it's more of a symbolic gesture. Yeah, and Hannah walks over there and she says, I'm with mom. Izzy should stay. And Punky's like, thanks, honey. As Hannah, like, literally, like, plops down over Punky. And then Diego and Daniel are like, us too. And they both, like, Button jump on Punky. It's like pile on Punky. And Punky says, Izzy, we can't do this without you, but please make a decision fast because I can't breathe. And Izzy looks to Cherry and then she thrusts her fist in the air and says, Izzy power! <laughs> pile on Punky. <laughs> and I love how the audience just cheers. And then, of course, the Keaton couple walk out and Cherry's like, oh, hey, look, I'll call you tomorrow and we will sort this all out. And the couple just don't say anything. They just walk out. And, of course, the kids, like, get off of Punky. And Punky, like, rolls onto the couch. And she does apologize to Cherry. Like, look, I'm sorry if I messed things up for you. And Cherry says, oh, it, it, it's no problem. And Punky says, really? And Cherry says, no, it's a big problem. I love what Cherry says here. But I want what's best for Izzy. And that's you. And of course, Izzy says, hey, I don't need anybody to save me. I love how Punky says, hey, I told Henry the same thing, but we kind of saved each other. Aww. And Punky opens her arms and Izzy puts her hands up like, not a hugger. Punky says, but I am. And Izzy looks up at Hannah and Hannah says, you'll get used to it. To it. And Izzy leans in for a hug from Punky and it's just so sweet. Go Daniel! Oh Punky, Go, Daniel. answer the phone so I can yell at you. Punky, what is going on? <laughs> we were just having a heart to heart. Is he ready to go? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> This would be a lot easier if you would let go of me. I'm trying. I can't. Hey, you said that you wanted me to find her the right home. I know. I just realized it's our home. 
What? When I told you to take a chance on someone, I think I was telling myself the same thing. Izzy, would you like to stay with us? What took you so long? Is that a yes? Yes. You helped me rediscover something I had been missing. My punky power. Yes. Oh, you're about to find out. Yes. I don't know what's going on here, but she is coming with us. No, she's not. I don't care if you've got her name tattooed on your butt. You're going to have to go over me to get to Izzy. Yeah. step over you, right? It's more of a symbolic gesture. I'm with mom. Izzy should stay. Thanks, honey. I'll do. <laughs> oh, oh. Izzy, we can't do this without you, but please decide fast because I can't breathe. Izzy power! I will, I will call you tomorrow and we will sort this all out, okay? if I mess things up for you, Cherry. Oh, it's no problem. Really? No, it's a big problem. But I want what's best for Izzy. And that's you. Hey, I don't need anybody to save me. I told Henry the same thing. But we kind of saved each other. Come here. Not a hugger. But I am. You'll get used to it. <laughs> so, just like with Tiffany and Jules, apparently this foster couple is like, well, no, she's coming with us. And I'm going to play this clip with Punky and her foster parents in season two changes part two where <laughs> yeah uh, where is it three where Tiffany thinks that she's going to just take Punky a foster child not a child that's been adopted and just take her out of the country and go to France and move there like you know you're not within your rights to do that, right? No amount of money is going to excuse you taking a child that is not legally yours out of the country. And Jules finally steps up to Tiffany, stands up to her and says, Tiffany, that's enough. He realizes that what Punky needs is to be reunited with Henry. Like, this is clearly not a good environment for Punky, and it surely is not a good environment for Jules. Actually, even though you have a background check, you signed the papers, everything's, you know, a go, something still could happen. I mean, if the kid does not want to go with you, the kid shouldn't be going with you. Like, there's clearly, it should be a good match on both sides. You don't just look at the financial aspect, like, oh, it's a married couple. Oh, they have financial stability to support this, which is, I get it, it's important, but... 
they really did Carrie like really like interview like sit down like yeah you're looking at their backgrounds but the type of people they are as soon as they say all our friends are doing I'm like okay you're done bye nope 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 we're not we're not doing that oh you want to change her oh you wanted this no that would be red flag like you are not a good fit for this child they clearly don't have her best interest it's one thing to have a best interest in like oh I want my kid to go to the finest school or I want them to it's great to give them opportunities but also it's good to let them grow and and grow at their own pace and don't just force feed them like you're gonna do piano lessons you're gonna study for your college prep at like eight years old and you're gonna this and you're gonna not have any time to like develop your own interests
Yeah, right. She did not make that choice. You meant it for her. She's not property. She's a child. <laughs> She's nine. She don't need that. That's right.
And of course, the last clip I want to play from season two changes part. I think it's either three or four, I think it's four, where Jules brings Punky back where she belongs with Henry, and it's just such a sweet moment. Their reunion, their official reunion, so he can adopt her. It's later that evening, and Punky and Cherry are hanging out on the couch. Punky's sipping on a beer. Cherry's sipping some champagne or wine. And, of course, they both put their feet up on the coffee table. And you do see that blue Cubs cap, the one that Henry had gotten for Punky when he took her to the Cubs, Chicago Cubs playoff game. And, of course, Punky's wearing these shiny, metallic-looking, different-colored shoes. And Cherry says, oh, nice shoes. I remember that girl. And Punky says, yeah, this time it wasn't an accident. So Travis comes into the living room and he says, I just asked Izzy if she wanted me to read her a bedtime story, and she told me to chill. <laughs> So Travis is like, hey, look, I'm going to go grab a beer. And he goes into the kitchen and Punky says, you don't live here. So Cherry goes into the kitchen with Travis and then Punky gets a phone call. I am going to tell you, I did not see this coming. And when I saw this scene, I like unloaded. Like, oh, God. I, oh my, it's like. The call we've all been waiting for for 30 plus years along with Punky. Oh my god, I was not expecting that. From the expression on Punky's face when she answers the phone and says, Yes, this is Penelope. And you just, you look at her facial expression. Her eyes are like darting from, you know, side to side like she's trying to figure something out. And she just pauses for a moment. And she says, Mom? Like, she's confused and 
probably scared. Just think about it. you hear a person's voice you haven't heard uh, in thirty plus years, just out of the blue. How is she supposed to handle this? How is she supposed to wrap her head around this new information? After all these years of wondering, her mom finally reaches out. How she got Punky's number, I don't know. Because Punky says, yes, this is Penelope. I mean, that would raise some red flags right there. The fact that someone's referring to her by her, you know, given name. By the person who gave her that name to begin with. Nice shoes. I remember that girl. Yep. And this time, it wasn't an accident. I just asked Izzy if she wanted me to read her a bedtime story, and she told me to chill. I'm gonna go get a beer. You don't live here! Yeah, and not just that, but when she answers it, she just, you know, she doesn't know who's on the other end. And she's just, you know, you know, happy and every sudden, and all of a sudden, she hears that voice. It's like something in her head. Like, you just see that, you know, worried, like, confused look on her face. And it's like that voice that she probably hasn't heard in over 30-some years. Oh my, I just, I felt bad for, I mean, it just, this confused, it's like the confused, scared, little punky Brewster that we all grew up with, like that little girl is the one who's saying, mom, just, she looks like she's literally about to burst into tears just of, from from fright and confusion and oh my goodness I, I felt for her in that moment I can't imagine and that's how the first episode ends I love that it ended on that cliffhanger I mean we still have nine episodes to go but my goodness so just like with the Punky Power podcast the OG Punky Power podcast I did the Brandon Tailrig. I cannot talk. The Brandon Tailwag episode rating. And being that this is the new Punky Brewster, it is now going to be called the Brandy Tailwag episode rating. I'm giving it five out of five tailwags. I loved everything about it. I loved the original callbacks. I loved that Punky was you know, taking on Henry's profession of being a photographer. I love how they're able to blend OG Punky Brewster with the new and and, and everything and just with Izzy and how her story, even though a little bit different, is still similar to to Punky's just because Punky didn't get dropped off at school and her mom never came back. I mean, she was dropped off in a shopping mall parking lot. 
basically at a grocery store. And her mom just left her. I love the callbacks to Henry with the photograph. And I love Punky talking to the photograph. And also Hannah calling Henry grandpa. And it's such a... Oh, I I love all of it. I love all of it. Fenster Hall. I like that (laughs) even though, you know, it's been 30 years. And Fenster Hall definitely it doesn't look any... Thank goodness it doesn't look anything like what it used to. Because... It was not a good-looking place back in the 80s. I mean, it might have gotten a facelift now, but still. I mean, Fenster Hall is Fenster Hall. Coats of paint and whatnot and new furniture. It's still... still, you You don't call it an orphanage. It's just a home for kids that are in transition and waiting to be placed into foster homes and stuff like that. So, yeah, just definitely, I love the bandana callback when, you know, in um, the original Punky Brewster, Punky always had a bandana around her knee, different colored ones, and this time she has her overalls, and then she has the bandana waist, um, kind of like belt thing going on, it's kind of cool, and of course, the mismatched shoes, and it just... Everything about this episode just, it was done perfectly. I don't think there's anything different that it couldn't. But I I like that we're also going to get elements with, you know, Daniel exploring. I'm going to call it not experimenting, but exploring his identity and just trying to figure out what, you know, he feels comfortable you know, as far as, you know, his self-developing and what he likes to do and what he, you know, and all that good stuff. He's trying to find himself. And I love that his brother and sister and mom, they are, they're being supported. Especially Diego, like, that's his little brother. It's like, someone thought it was weird you were wearing nail polish? Well, he's like, hey, Hannah, give me the red nail polish. And, he, you know, he, yeah, exactly. It's like, this family is there for each other. And the thing is, family does not always have to be blood. And it's the same with, um, you know, Punky's principles. Like I did, I think that's, I'm going to stick with Punky's principles for the, the new Punky Brewster. And just, like I said, you got to go with, sometimes your heart is going to tell you what you should do over, over your head. Like with. I mean Cherry knew. I mean c- come on. You know that Punky and Izzy are a good fit for each other. And they can learn a lot from each other. You know Punky's got 30. You know years of experience. Of what she went through. And being abandoned by her mom. And so many things to teach Izzy. And Izzy in turn can also teach Punky. About finding her. You know inner Punky power. Exactly. And that's exactly what Punky needed. She and even when she told Hannah, it's like I lost a little bit of myself along the way. Physically, but kind of you know, mentally, who she used to be, this fun and spunky Punky, and you know, she had responsibility. She was a parent and you know, she's got a job and all of this stuff. So yeah, I mean, you can do a nice balance of being a parent and still being fun and, you know, 
enjoying your life and everything like that. So yeah, for Punky's principles, honestly, just just follow your heart. Go with your gut. Throw the rules out the window. So going forward in the months ahead, how I kind of want to do some, I do want to kind of double up on some of these episodes. So the next episode I'm going to be focusing on is season one, episode two, making room for Izzy, which of course aired along with all of season one, February 25th, 2001. Punky has to figure out where Izzy will sleep. And Punky gets a surprise call from her absent mother, which we did hear at the end of that was a cliffhanger of the pilot episode. And also, two first dates, season one, episode three, Punky and Hannah go on dates on the same night, and Izzy helps Travis with a song. The reason I'm kind of doubling up with some of these episodes is, like, there's some that I really, really love, and there are some that just are, like, some elements of the episode are good and some aren't, and there are some cases where I'll be, you know, covering as much you know, scene by scene and whatnot, but there are others that I will kind of stick to what I want to cover and kind of lightly cover the stuff that really, like I said, the whole, the dating thing with, with Punky and this guy and then Hannah and her guy, it just wasn't, that didn't pull me in. It just kind of disinterested me, but I did like the relationship the bonding of Izzy and Travis. So we'll kind of go with that. I promised <laughs> these double up episodes will not be four hours long. I promise that. So look for that coming up. I'm not going to say when in particular, oh, I'll be doing two episodes every single month. I don't want to make a promise that I can't keep right now with everything just right now for me being up in the air. So, um, yeah, I really, I had a, I know I promised for the longest time, like, I'll get this, you know, first episode out. I promise, I promise, I promise. And then just like life just took a turn and topsy turvy and we're still just trying to figure out which way is up at this point. It's, it's frustrating. It's just been an emotional roller coaster for me. But I at least want to get this first episode out there and then we will do accordingly with the others. So that my goal is to, of course, finish season one before the end of the year. That's my goal. So yeah, I'll do Making Room for Izzy and then two first dates and then we'll have season uh, season one, episode four and five, Under the Influence and Looking for Love and a Hat. Then six and seven, The Look of Daniel and the treehouse that Punky built, and then 8 and 9 put a ring on it, and 80's block party, and then, of course, the season 1 finale, Mother's Day. Will most likely probably air in December. So, alright, like I said, I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed covering this and going back to this episode. It hit all the nostalgia feels. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can do so by sending me an email at punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com. Also, uh, the podcast does have a Facebook page. Just type in Punky Brewster Podcast, Punky Power, the Punky Power Podcast will pop up. Also, Punky Power PB Podcast on Instagram as well, and the same for Twitter. 
If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to support the podcast, I don't do Patreon. I don't ask for money. All I ask is you jump on iTunes and search Punky Brewster Podcast or Punky Power and leave a review. All five-star reviews help the podcast get noticed by other Punky Brewster fans like yourselves. So, All right, everybody. Have a great week. Bye-bye.